Mr. Dutchy Beats. There he is. You like it? Not really, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your boat, mate. You know what I mean? I was trying different ones, didn't it? I see that. Is that why you're 20 minutes late? He turns up 20 minutes late. Uh, talking about, I didn't choose the fun life, the fun life chose me. How'd you do that? Huh? You go to the. Um, the video background and filters bit. So look, I'll change it. I'll be like this now. There you go. Is that one? Ah, uh, because I did that on, <laughs> I did that on 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 Skype, and I had that picture of me in Kuno. <laughs> That's a good one. Jen's glasses look just need to be red, man. Yeah, I ain't got no glasses today, man. The glasses are in. Oh, what happened? In the car. Put in the car, to be fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my actual TV. Yeah. Yeah, the TV. Yeah, yeah. So, what's going on? You tell me, mate. You tell me. But first of all, I guess let's 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 officially start the podcast then. Now yeah, that, yeah. Now that AC decided to join us. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the How You Doing, Mate podcast. The first obviously remote, first remote one. The first remote one. Um, obviously, we can't be in studio because we're back in lockdown. Yeah, which is a bit of a mazza. Um Is anyone taking this lockdown seriously? Uh, that's exactly what I was about to say. I, d- I don't know. I've been going to work every day. Oh, uh, AC died. Uh, AC just died. He's an angel now. <laughs> AC, caught, AC, AC caught the caught the Rona. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. One MC. I know he got he got it, and um, he was before thinking it wasn't serious. Mm. And now he's got it. He, he's uh, he actually had to go to hospital and everything. Oh, but right. now he's out of hospital. But he said he had the um, the numb hands and feet were really cold. Yeah. And uh, he had um, the feeling of like someone squeezing on his chest. Okay. And shortness of breath and all that. And then also he had the um, uh, the dry cough and then no taste, no scent, and he had a really bad temperature. Are we allowed to make jokes about Corona yet? Is that I, think so. I was gonna make it. I was gonna make a squeezing on chest. Right, how do I get that in? But yeah, hey, we wish we wish Terry Slim a speedy recovery. Um, no, nah, but anyway, <laughs> 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 he said someone didn't take it seriously. Um, yeah, yeah no, nah, uh, hey, you, you cut off Terry, man. I tell you, right, where are you been, man? Yeah, I'll be going to work every day. Yeah, I, nah, I tell you what. My life has been a big fuck off ball of stress. My boiler is still not fixed. Oh shit, the boiler! Fucking boiler, man! Like um, this is so pedestrian. It's such a pedestrian grown-up thing to fucking be stressed about. But yeah. the guy came around on Monday, as I was all updating you last Sunday about on the podcast about it. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's the it's the gas supply. So I had to get another guy around. He had to. He had to put an entire new gas supply from my gas box all the way around the house into the house. Still didn't work. So, yeah, and then they couldn't work out what it was. And then uh, they phoned me the other day and said that it's probably something to do with a burner. Like, because they keep getting reports about my particular model of 
boy, it's so boring, man. It's been my entire week. It's been such a ball ache. But yeah, I feel like, like, nah, I feel, I feel hot like, water. As you when you become an adult, man, when you become an adult, I feel like boilers play a really big part of being an adult. Spending money plays they a really do. big part of being an adult. Now, nah, but boilers are like, are like yeah. a massive thing. So obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm still in the process of moving house, yeah. And every time we go into a house, like the number one question my wife will ask me will be like, "How old is the boiler?" Yeah, I'm like, "That's well, what my what? sister said." When I got a new boiler, my sister goes, "Well, put value on your house," and I'm like, "I can fuck on the house." <laughs> nuts, like, yeah. I, didn't, I remember like two years ago, my boiler went. I didn't have any hot water or flipping heating for about a month, man. It was just mad. It's getting on for a month now for me. Yeah. It's getting on for about a month. I actually had to, I spent out all that money over the last month and I actually had to take a shower with a kettle. There's nothing more distressing than looking down at six o'clock in the morning while you pour hot water from a kettle over your man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it scared me for life, man. I mean, it's not, it's obviously not boiling. I put cold water Yeah, well. that'd be a whole different, whole different uh, yeah, it's experience. Yeah, it's so distressing to look at. I think I've got PTSD from looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I don't want to hear about I don't want to hear about boilers anymore, man. Well, obviously, I don't want to hear, I want to hear, I want to hear about your boiler because you know that's you gotta have to. Boil. No, I don't want to hear about my boiler. I never want to hear about my boiler again. I just want it to work. Listen, um, right now we got about apparently we got about eighteen fans, and the fans want to know about the boiler. Really, they want to be updated. So yeah, we get fans now then. Pretty much, man. We got a few. We got a few listeners. Um, apparently, right. So this this is how if you get thirty six downloads. Um, per episode, yeah. you're in like the top fifty percent of podcasts in the world. Jeez, because there's so many podcasts now, yeah. Everyone's yeah. doing it, and most podcasts don't really have that many listeners. No, so, most podcasts are shit. That's why, like, yeah. like it's so hard to find good podcasts. It, but do you know what it is? I, I find with podcasts because I'm I'm really random with the podcasts I listen to, and some of the podcasts I listen to, I kind of find I found by accident, and I, and I always feel like. I'm not the target audience to be listening yeah. to these guys, but but somehow they they just work. Obviously, the obvious ones I listen to, like I don't know, Joe Budden, whatever, yeah, um, like the hip hop and rap ones. But I listen to like yeah. some comic book ones, which are just like a bunch of like weird men talking about comic books. Yeah, and it's like one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to the History of Japan podcast, like just random stuff, and yeah, I always yeah. feel like. Yeah. Do they have anyone really listening apart from? I don't, I don't think a lot of them do. Like I, I come across like these fan theory podcasts. I'm a big like like you, big Marvel fan, big DC fan and stuff. Mm. And I come across all these fan theory ones, and I get I probably I find them and download like five episodes, and I think to myself, who can actually listen to this? Like, <laughs> who's going to make their way all the way through the like this four and a half hour podcast? Where he talks about Thor's different whatever, like like this tiny minutiae of like fucking comic. But mind you, that people do like some of these podcasts. Like that's the thing on on YouTube. This stuff gets hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah, but then even yeah, saying yeah, that, yeah, though, it gets put on like that. Can't easy. Oh, I was gonna say what um, like me if I'm going to the uh, gym or if I'm driving a long drive then, yeah, the podcast is a great one for that. Usually I'm on YouTube and finding them on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, Jen, the, the one you're talking about, the comic one, is that that Jody's Corner one or what? Nah, man, this is um, comic... What's it called? Comic Book Geeks or something. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. 
But I think, like, with me, even with podcasts as well, if the podcast is less than, like, an hour, I, mean, I probably won't check it. Mm. Like, nah. just the way yeah. I like to consume podcasts, I'm like, no, nah, I want a good, like, at least two hours. At least at least yeah. an hour and a half. If it's less than an hour and a half, I'm like, yeah. But, um, like, there's a few really good, like, kind of hip-hop podcasts. I'm sure I saw the bloke, like, on Twitter saying he was, like, looking forward to checking this podcast out. Uh, the 808 Crate podcast. Oh, cool, with um, Summit. Mm-hmm. I think um, and Collect as well. Yeah, yeah. that's wicked. That, I really yeah, like that podcast. He just had Stretch and Bobito on, who are, like, 90s hip-hop, mm-hmm. like, kind of kings. Um, but yeah. it, was, like, it was, like, half an hour long. So when I saw it, I was really disappointed. Because you want out in that yeah. in that format, you want at least an hour, an hour and a half. Because I feel like that's the beauty of a podcast is not having a time limit. Like obviously, with a radio interview, you only have a certain amount of time you can do. Um, and I feel like the if you're if you're going like for me as well, if, if someone says, "Oh, can I interview you for a podcast?" and they're like, "Yeah, it's only going to be twenty minutes," I'm like, "What?" Like I, I expect if I'm doing a podcast interview, I expect it to be a couple of hours, but you're just chilling. I feel like, like, I've gone, if you listen to the, I've gone back to the champs actually, and I was just listening to it earlier when you <laughs> hit me up about the, which, which is the one you hit me up about? JB Smooth. Yeah, the JB Smooth. Yeah, man, the classic. <laughs> um, I was listening to the Chris Rock one, and Chris Rock said to Neil Brennan, uh, "What's the difference between a radio show and a podcast?" Um, and he goes, "Well, a radio show is like you you go on there, you promote what you're doing, and it's all really like kind of about now." Like a podcast is like long format. You get to tell your story. It's like loads of like kind of, uh, was it autobiographical, biographical or whatever you get on there and get like yeah, kind of yeah. tell your story. And that's what's interesting about podcasts. That's, that's, the, that's the thing though. So, so like, long I was saying to you off, um, just before we started this, um, I've started the quality of a quarantine podcast to get, well, show again, yeah? And... Originally, that was always supposed to be quite, quite shorter interviews and stuff, but it's actually turned into podcast format, and we go on for at least an hour. Yeah. And um, so I, I was trying to get um, Connie Con to come on the show, and he was saying, like, yeah, we've done so many interviews, man. I just don't know what left there is to say. And my thing is, like, that's the difference. This isn't really... It's never going to be an interview in a podcast. It should always be a conversation where we can talk about things that haven't been touched on before, or there's not things that we need to, like, rush over 100% um, and I feel that's the beauty that's the beauty of podcast man but you can actually get like you can get an artist on there or a writer or whatever and ask their opinion on stuff as well mm. it doesn't have to be all about necessarily their history or what their latest releases you yeah. can talk about you can talk about their opinions and stuff I like it man I like, I like that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big podcast fan and I have been Same since 98 man remember the, the Ricky Gervais podcast yeah yeah we, we, that was our thing, man. Right? Is that the one where, had, um, that's that's the one where he was going on about Carl, Carl Pinkton's head being like an orange or something? Yeah, that's exactly that's where it was. started. Basically. Before, before you, you trendies got involved, that was it. Was our thing, man. It was our thing yeah. back in um, our XFM. About? You were playing that. You were playing that in the car. Yeah, I remember way back, way back. But that wasn't even like that. Was like after the fact though. That was because I got the the hard drive of all the old yeah. ones. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and, and yeah, they go back to that. And from '98, I think they started. They started doing it. And again, it wasn't a podcast. Yeah. It was just, it was radio show. But someone had yeah. like chopped down the bits in between and made it into a podcast. And that's what hundred percent. I remember listening to that on a Saturday afternoon in whatever it was '98, '99 in 
fucking tears. And when that, when that, like, when that hit the the podcast, when I got my first like kind of kind of iPod, the first yeah. thing I looked for was that. Um, and when they did the Ricky Gervais show, like the animated one, it, that all just came rushing back again because it was just all edits of that. Yeah. Basically, like the, the pretty much the old XFM show and like their podcast that they did afterwards. Fuck me, man! Like the the, the really early ones, the like before they before they started like properly drilling into to Carl when Carl funny. Like, their their relationship was just getting a bit iffy. Like Steve and Carl when Steve, like Carl was talking about his freak books and stuff like that, and <laughs> <laughs> bring Steve into the conversation, man. Because <laughs> I found I found them all on Spotify again a little while ago. Oh, sick! Someone's edited them all together and like kind of put. Like uh, Carl's diary and like Carl oh, and stuff like that, all, all all into like like some of them are like forty five minutes, some of them are like three hours long. I like in tears again, absolutely in tears on the on the train on the way back from work, dying. I Did they fall like, out in real life? Nah, man. Nah, nah, nah. Because nah, nah, nah. nah. I thought they, they started just bullying Carl all the time, innit? It felt like the two guys bullying another guy. Nah, I, I think I think like again, it's one of those things, yeah. If you haven't seen the relationship evolve, yeah. look at it like character building. And you from the like the very first episodes where he was just a producer and he wasn't talking yeah. and they were talking about him, then to like the first time he ever said anything on mic and you just see the, the progression from there and you, you get the relationship. So it's, it's not, magical. Yeah, man, it's like you you, you wouldn't understand. And I feel yeah. like especially the way the way Ricky Gervais is um, yeah, like but it, you kind of got to understand the way Carl Pilkington is as well. Like, yeah. I think it's really, I was talking to a girl in Canada about it. She's like, I hate that show. They're just like they bully this guy who's obviously got problems. And I'm like, he's not <laughs> problem. Like, he's just he's just he's just that way. He's like working yeah. class Manchester, very like kind of like pragmatic. Like, no, not pragmatic. What's the just straight matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, yeah, yeah. Man. But he ain't playing the character then. I was, no, he's playing the nah, character. not even close to being like, I think actually, do you know what? I feel like when he started, um, so after the show got big and then he yeah. started doing his own show, I feel it, like there were certain elements of, um, kind of like playing up his character, yeah. But to me, that's never him at his best. Him at his, him at his best is when he says the things that he thinks are normal. Yeah, yeah. And, and they just go, wait, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, the monkey news, where, where, where that comes from. Um, it's when he, when he used to say, like, oh, no, I've learned enough today. Like, that. He's like, I don't know, the, 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 the I don't know, uh, the snails have penises or something like that. <laughs> I've never seen an old man eating a Twix. Like, <laughs> so many just gold gold moments man it's so I, I can eat a knob at night as well he's yeah. just, <laughs> just you, you can do what house producer to make this into a remix <laughs> and they did as well they did yeah there was loads yeah. of versions of it <laughs> those are the good those are those are good podcast times man that, and that is when painkillers and pilkerton my ep came out that yeah was, yeah that was, that was deep in that time where yeah, man, Pilkin was was the one, man. Was the one, but yeah, man. I guess this this week, um, the biggest topic, the only topic really, is has been the election. Um, we no longer have 
uh, Trump as the American president-elect number 45 is out of the yard and Sleepy Joe is taking over. Um, how did you look, how did you look, like take in the whole media circus election I didn't. circus? Do you know what? I ignored it. Like, I completely ignored it until, like, what? Because when was it supposed to be called? It was supposed to be called on Friday. When, oh, no, ah, Thursday. No, no, no. It was like Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. yeah. I was completely, like, I thought the only way that I'm going to get through this is just to completely ignore it. And I was purely getting joke updates off of Facebook. That's the only way I was staying in touch with it. Just on my Facebook timeline, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I can't stand Trump. Like, I, I genuinely can't. I'm not going to get into the po- his politics or anything like that because I don't really know him. Um, but I can't stand him as a person, man. And I just wanted him... I just don't want to see him every single day doing something fucking stupid. So, like... <laughs> so, like... Or saying something really dumb or whatever. Like, yeah. so I'm just, I'm just happy to see the back of him. Yeah, I'm not... Yeah. I'm, I'm really not... I, I think at first... Oh, wait, you're going to win. Wanted who to win? Trump. You wanted Trump to win? Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're not happy, innit? You said you're not happy. Terry goes, he's happy, and then you went, I'm not, I'm not. So no, I thought, okay, you wanted Trump. Nah, when, 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 when uh, Trump first like, came on the scene, yeah, yeah. I've always seen him as a joke, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a joke, man. But he's a dangerous joke, man. Like, he's a fucking, yeah. he's, he's a dangerous joke. Like the village idiot, the village idiot is always going to be the village idiot. But if you make the village idiot in charge of fucking security and and, and the treasury, yeah, things become a, become a problem. And I think as well, it's that whole thing of because he's a dickhead. Other dickheads see him and think, "Oh, cool, I can be a dickhead as well." Um, when he was on The Apprentice, I remember I watched a couple of them American Apprentice shows, yeah. And I thought he was actually more polite than Alan Sugar on, on our ones, yeah, the way he used to talk to the people. So from that, I didn't think nothing of it. But then when he started doing the, you know, the Bertha thing for Obama and all that kind of stuff, I just thought yeah. I was like a prick, yeah? yeah. And then, um, then yeah, I, I, I didn't think he was going to become president. I, I didn't think it was... No one did. No, no yeah. one expected it. Like, no, everybody yeah. thought it was just a little fucking joke. Yeah. And, and Hillary was going to be the, the, the president. Yeah. But the, the, I think the problem problem the Democrats did then, they all thought he was a joke. So they thought, oh, we can just get away with not campaigning as hard as we would have if there was a, a so-called serious candidate in there. So yeah. then they basically let him have a lot of free press and everything. And in the end, they're working for him rather than them, isn't it? So a bit of a mad one, man. I mean, whatever's happened, they, they like... The, the, his his entire presidency and his like the his win at the last election has changed politics globally forever. Yeah, like that. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and the, yeah. the the problem is right. I I I think he's a fucking idiot. I think he's like a piece of shit. Really. Like I don't. I say I don't know much about his politics. I know enough to not like him. Um, but I don't think his politics are that different from anybody else. To be honest, like I no. just think he was more more of a more of a boastful idiot about it but the problem that we're going to face like kind of moving forward and i think this is a bit of a global problem is not trump it's trumpism like the 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 what's what's happened after who he's like emboldened like this this idea that you can be an ignorant uh borderline psychopath like nationalist 
borderline racist and deny absolutely everything. Deny, deny, deny that you're a racist. Deny that you're a sexist. Uh, and and be just lie through your fucking teeth and not not like not take into account any kind of facts or anything like that. And still think that everything that you say is valid and everybody should listen to you. Uh, and also the rise of like this fucking white uh, white supremacy. That I mean. There's people all over the place that says, oh, yeah, he, did, he never supported white supremacy. And that was all the media, like, kind of uh, taking what he said out of context. And they always edited his thing, his, uh, his interviews and stuff like that. Bollocks. Absolute bollocks. Like, uh, complete bollocks. He is, he, he, he played to the white supremacists because that's where he knew that he was going to, well, he played to the racists because that's where he knew he was going to get his votes from. It's like with Ronald Reagan when he did the, the welfare queen thing back in the yeah, day. Exactly. And, like, similar, similar thing there. But... Definitely Trump was playing to those people. He knew what he was doing, but then... 100%. Like, the... the, the sectarianism the, in America. Now, say that again? He's created, it like, sectarianism in America. Like, yeah, when yeah, before, yeah, definitely. He's added to it, yeah. Yeah, there, there was, like, a kind of... There was, there was a blurred line there, but, it, like, America, for all its faults and for all it was pretty centre for a long time. Like, there was, there was oppression, there was, like... There was obviously like kind of, there's a lot of shitty problems in America, but he's actually created in the same way that Brexit's created here, this, this, this sectarian like society where you're either hard right or you're hard left. Or this you're, is what we talked about last week with, um, with uh, Tommy Robinson, yeah? Yeah. Where you say, yeah. you, him himself, yeah, he might not be the worst human on earth, yeah, even if he might be pretty close. The same with Trump. Like, I've seen Trump do some things that I've been like, okay, I mean, that's not too bad. Um, but it's not really, it's not about him. It's, it's all the dog whistling. It, it's the fact that it, Trump may not be a white supremacist, but white supremacists love Trump. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he, so, he's built But see, what, what, what was he, you know that thing they were talking about, his platinum plan for African-American community and that? Ice Cube's platinum plan. No oh, one so knows. Ice Cube gave it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ice Cube so, put together this, uh, this what he called the, the platinum plan. And yeah, basically yeah. what Ice Cube did was he said, I want to speak to whoever. I want to speak to either Biden or Trump. Whoever yeah. wants to speak to me, I want to speak to you about doing some shit. So Trump yeah. was like, all right, come through my G. So then yeah. Ice Cube went to speak to him and then everybody got mad. Everyone was like, nah, you're endorsing Trump and boom, boom, boom. So yeah. that's, the, that's where the issues come up. But I don't think... Well, me, I, I say, I don't think. I haven't seen any evidence of what the platinum, whatever, the platinum yeah. package is. Oh. Um, I've got the platinum package on Pornhub. I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... I don't the package on Tesco's mobile. It just means that you get 3G internet. <laughs> I, definitely, I, I definitely don't have that, man. My internet's shit right now. <laughs> but, um, well, see, yeah. so, like, with... Um, so will Biden talk to, to, to Ice Cube as well then about We'll that? see, we'll see. Like, he, he, he had a chance to see before and didn't. I'm not sure, I'm not sure why he didn't. Was it, was it, because some, some people I've seen argue, like they always say, oh, the Democrats just take people's votes for granted because Afro-Americans, they vote 99% Democrat or something. So they there just might be take some truth for that as well. There might be some truth in that as well, but like I keep and telling And they don't want anything to like help. That's what, that's what the arguments were. So they, that's why like, a lot of um, people like Candace Owens and all that were doing that Blexit thing, saying yeah. now we can give the Republicans a chance and blah, 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 blah. Listen, but, do you know what, though? It's like, you, you, it's like, I'll give the Republicans a chance. Um, it's like, you had four years, man. What, what have you been doing? Like, yeah. 
And yeah, I feel no. like that's always been the thing with me, where people are, are like, oh, if you want to, we need we need Trump for change and stuff. Like, well, we had Trump. Like, what was Yeah, Trump? yeah. I mean, I was expecting him to have eight years. I, I wasn't expecting him to be a four-year one. Me too, to be honest. But, yeah. boy, like, but but again, presidents can't change anything in four years. They need that eight years to actually, like, that first four that, years is them just establishing themselves. And then the second four yeah. years. Because everything they do, uh, like, because normally it's always going to be that, like, kind of pendulum where it's going to swing from one to the other, from one yeah. to the other. And that's what it's always like, kind of traditionally been like. So whatever one in those four years, whatever one, you see what what Trump did. The first things that he did when he came in was got rid of everything that Obama did. Yeah. Like, so it's always going to be that that. So this pre- the, the presidencies never really like benefit anyone apart from apart from the people that they always benefit, which is big business, like with lobby big business. So who the fuck knows? That's the problem though, because we, we we're in this. Um, when we're talking about the tribalism, the fact that somebody could come in and give you give the, the people. So let, let's say let's say let's let's do an um, analogy here. Yeah? These people are in the house. They they need some food. Someone's come in, giving them loads of food. Like this food is ready for you to eat. The other person's come in and go, no, that's not. He's not on my team. I'm going to give you food. And instead of just carrying on giving them the food that was already there, they throw it all in the bin and then order a whole another lot. Yeah, yeah. But they're starving. They're like, no, nah, don't worry. We ordered more food. It's coming. But it's like, why didn't you just give us that food that was right there? Yeah, yeah. And the, the people always suffer. Um, and until we kind of get past that to a point where we just the politicians decide, nah, forget what the, the the party line is. Forget who did that. People work together. And where you see people working together, especially in politics, is on the local level. On the local, the local level, level, every time. Yeah, yeah, every time. It, and, and like, obviously. I, I work in, in Harrow and um, yeah, like our, our, I work with um, conservative councillors probably more than I work with Labour councillors. There's some, there's some yeah. cool Labour councillors. In fact, actually, I shouldn't even say it, I said too much, but people figure it out, but whatever, I don't give a fuck. Le- the Labour councillor, one of the Labour councillors that I work with, he was some dickhead, man. Like, yeah. just on yeah. some, like, some proper, just, you know, like, some trying to be down with the kids shit. And I was just like, don't, don't don't do that, man. Don't 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 do that, please. And the conservative um, council I work with, yeah, this old woman, yeah, she must be in her seventies, right? She was like cool as fuck, mm. and you know what I mean. And like, it, and the the ones that I worked with, they were the ones that were like, yo, we're trying to get things changed. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. And it's just like on that's on the, on the local level, it's like it, you kind of see. People, because I guess you're working with people who live in the area as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, it. that's exactly it. That's that's exactly it. It's that connection to the area. But like, there is there there is obviously crossover because even like all these MPs are like kind of they're they're connected to their local area. Well, some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, but on the whole, like, it, they're two different worlds. Local and and national government are two totally yeah. different things. Well, the Republicans. That's why. That's why Trump doing the sectarian, increasing the sectarian stuff is not helpful because then it makes everyone like just hate each other if they're in a different party. Whereas, like, and on the local level, and then they might not even be willing to work together. Like, you know, at at the moment, like people, you know, like you might not like the conservatives' policies, but if you're meeting a good local councillor who's a conservative and then they're doing the, you know, trying to help, then Obviously, that's a good thing, isn't it? So yeah, I mean, if you, look at the green, like, if you look at the Green Party, 
right? So the yeah. Green Party are never going to hold any kind of... Uh, it's, ne- it's never going to happen. They're never going to hold any like kind of real authority in the House of Parliament or whatever. Well, but their local councillors are like in Walthamstow, in Brighton, places Brighton. like that. They actually make real difference to yeah. like, the, 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 the local area. So they're two, they're, they're two completely different things. Like the, the like national government is more concerned with like kind of legislation to protect big business and so on and so forth and like looking at the bigger picture. Local government, and again, it goes back to this Marcus Rashford thing where local government will... Oh, again. What's that? That's just, just what I was about to say. Yeah, like, yeah, there you go, yeah. That we're, we're, we're going to get to a place where we have to start doing more things for ourselves. Um, and I feel like that's almost part of being politicised is the voting thing is cool and knowing who's, who's in power is cool. But part of being politicised is really understanding what, what's the reason for our members of parliament in the first place? What are they supposed to do? What, what change are they supposed to um, affect? And yeah. once we understand that, you can, there's, there's so much of the middle, the middle man that you can cut out and, and actually get things done. Um, and being politicised means turning up to your local meetings, man. Like, it does. And it also means, it also means like, understanding that your the grassroots, anything grassroots in this country starts with local government. It starts with local authorities and stuff like yeah. that. Like, like grants for, for, for businesses over this, like the first COVID lockdown, you weren't applying to the government for it. You were like, you're applying to the, the local authority for it. Mm. They, they, they get their budgets and they, they are like kind of, they're given these budgets and they have to assign those budgets. Yeah. So anything like kind of grassroots, you, you have to go through your local authority for this. Like it's, it's, because it's pointless going, I mean, you can lobby parliament for bigger matters, like kind of, I remember lobbying parliament <clears throat> for changes in the, uh, in the, um, the way that the music union was like, kind of was handled. So like, for, for if something's shutting down or if something's like kind of needs fixing or there needs to be more like kind of uh, leisure area for kids or whatever, you go to local, you go to local authority and the local authority are the people to make it happen. So day to day life, local government is so fucking important, man. I I, I was listening to um, you know that Destiny on YouTube. Destiny child, yeah, Beyonce and uh, just yeah. Destiny, just Destiny. It's called Destiny. This um, geezer he like debates loads of people and stuff, uh, and he um, was talking about there's a book, yeah, I think it's called Politics and Power, yeah, or something, okay. and he was talking yeah, about his uh, biography. Beyonce's biography. No, 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 no. So it was like this geezer. He was talking. Eddie Rollins. So this geezer was talking about these young people in this area in America, and they were um, getting pissed off that they couldn't change anything and whatnot. So they started their own little political um, meetings and stuff. They learned how to do it. Like you got to have the person who does the minutes the treasurer, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they started building and building and building and they started getting more and more members and then in the end, they um, took their um, proposals to, to get a vote, yeah? Because they were pissed off that the old guard weren't letting them do anything and, and were just like holding all the reins and, and not really changing stuff to keeping the status quo. So then they managed, because they got, they'd done all this grassroots work and everything and they got all the young people when they did their proposal and they had the vote on it, they managed to get loads of people and the old guard people tried to counter them, but they could only get about 20 people to come on the yeah. day. 
but when they had the you know the hands up vote in the local thing yeah so then they won and then they started building on that and getting more and more bigger so it was saying like you don't really know how much power you've got yeah yeah in these democracies that we're living in until you start really exercising it and then finding out how to do things and stuff like that so that's where democracy lives it's totally where democracy lives it's, it lives in people power yeah like the, the, i mean that's where the that's where the, the the old people's army kind of uh like theory comes from the, 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 the people the elephant yeah 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 man fire ants kill the herd while the elephants sleep yeah yeah a great poet said that i can't remember his name but i think his name was genesis elijah yeah <laughs> civil uh, unrest ep <laughs> out now somewhere, I don't know. But back to Trump, did you see that um, he got an endorsement from Lil Pump? Lil yeah, Pimp. and um, who Lil else? Lil, Lil Pump, Lil, Lil Wayne. Lil, Lil Wayne. Wayne. Do you know what? Yeah, I he mean, called him Lil Pimp, didn't he? Yeah, man, that's the funniest <laughs> thing. Like, it's something stupid as well. Peak 2020. 100%. Like, peak 2020. Lil, Lil Pimp, do you, do, you, do you know about him? He's a great superstar. What the fuck? Shut the fuck up, man. No one knows who he is. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? None of you don't know who he is. We barely know who he is. We don't even he like him. He hasn't had a tune for three years. Nah. Like, no one gives a fuck. Not, not even in the slightest, man. And someone said... <laughs> someone, said <laughs> somebody said, um, you're worried about uh, Trump taking your... You're worried about Biden taking your 10%, but you got the label taking 50% of ABQ on. <laughs> and then someone else, someone else said... You ain't got to worry about making over 500 grand, man. You ain't popping anymore. Like, yeah. It's oh, true, man. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, man. <laughs> what about 50 Cent? Didn't he endorse Trump as well? Or was that? Nah, nah. That's not true. Nah, he said, he just said some, he said, he said some stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of people say things kind of like trolling or in the, you know what I mean? And it's yeah, just not. Yeah, okay. Like, Lil Wayne, I don't take any stock in what Lil Wayne says because I feel like Lil Wayne doesn't know what's going on. Apparently, his yeah. missus dumped him over that, innit? Like, he was with that, um, that oh, model. something. Yeah. Wow. And she was like, she was riding harder for Black Lives Matter than he was. He was like, he, his reason for he, him not supporting Black Lives Matter was because when he shot himself in the leg, a white cop saved his life. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Right? You're an actual, like, <clears throat> that, that whole, yeah, anyway. What can you do when, when, this is the thing, why do we look to celebrities to, 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 to give endorsements on anything like it, like black, white, whatever they live in social media, the, all their all their media following and all that, don't they? That's what the politicians they, they live, so they live in a completely sheltered world, yeah. Like, I, I, do you I, remember I, when, um, when New Labour, do you remember New Labour when they came in? They had all the celebrities coming, they were doing Cool Britannia, Tony Blair had like Oasis and everyone coming into 10 Downing Street and all that kind of stuff, so it. It's been going on for a long time. I understand it, but I feel like, um, like it's like the grind for Corbyn thing, same same kind of thing. Yeah, but I like I like influences. Yeah, the grind for Corbyn, I can understand why. Like, I do think that was a bit like kind of it was it was somewhat exploit uh, exploitative in some ways. But at the same time, you have got all these grime artists who a lot of them are politicized. They're all intelligent. A lot of them are politicized, and they actually can see what what like kind of the Tories have done to to their to their local environments. I mean you gotta be blind to, to, to not see that like they're taking away resources, taking away youth centres and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Now a lot a lot of these guys they 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 will probably <clears throat> they would have probably like 
appreciated that there was someone like that that could represent them. So I, I do understand. It's the same as it's the same as like kind of Oasis with um, with Tony Blair. That that obviously turned to shit, to be honest. But like these guys are working class Mancunians who have probably been. Uh, have sit a wall. You just go to Manchester or Liverpool and, and see what they think of the Tories up there. Like if there was a, and that was the first Labour government in a generation. Like yeah. to to uh, so I can understand all of that. But yeah, because like all of those areas have been like when the national lottery funding came in. That's when they got improved, didn't it? Like when you go yeah, to see all the docks there and all that stuff, and then Liverpool, the the Liverpool docks buildings. Yeah. Same in Manchester. The minor strike, like in Manchester and up north, just like the minor strike and how Thatcher absolutely fucking destroyed the unions. Like yeah. that, she is hated. Like, like the 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 um, the Tories are hated, absolutely hated. Good boy, good boy. What's the difference, yeah? If you're talking about grime for Corbyn, yeah, you're talking about grime artists, right? Yeah. Grime artists and UK rappers and UK artists that are from these places live in these places, right? So you can only really count, like, five grime millionaires, right? Mm. We're going we're gonna to start... We're going to get shaky as well. We're going to go... We're going to go Wiley. We're going to go Kano. We're going to go... Then we start going Lethal B, and then we start getting shaky, right? So these are guys who, even, even with their big... Um, uh, grime money, yeah. they're still not super, super rich. No. They're still normal people. And all their friends are normal people. When you're talking about somebody like Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne has been a millionaire since he was 14 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Lil, Wayne, Lil Wayne's been making 40 million a year for the past 15 years. Yeah. He is not, there's, there's no part of him, even though he raps about selling crap every day, he doesn't sell crap and yeah. probably never sold crap. No. So, him talking about a life that he never lived and endorsing endorsing somebody who, who pushes um, an ideal of a world that doesn't exist and will never exist makes perfect sense because you're selling lies. Conceptualize fucking Black Lives Matter. Can, can, can't like, can't even like kind of go, yeah, I understand what that's, but no. and comes back with like, well, my life matters to my bitch. Like, yeah, that that is. I mean, the same... Is that what he said? Is that what he said? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So, I'm the Kanye thing again. But Kanye, to a certain extent, is like that now, where, like, to maybe, like, a less... Uh, less exaggerated... Yes, there, yeah. but he lives in a bubble. Like, Lil Wayne just lives in a complete bubble of... of and so, so does Kanye, to a certain extent. He lives in his own little bubble. But he, I think he's a self-made bubble. Like the like Lil Wayne, he's just lived in a bubble, like Jen said, since he was 14. Yeah. And you might even clue what's going on. It's now. like when, um, you know, all them celebrities sang that Imagine, innit, by John Lennon. Yeah. To try and cheer us all up in lockdown. Because no one, because this, this is the thing, yeah. This is, this is the thing. So for our celebrities, yeah, we want them to entertain us. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's cool. But it's a different, um, there's a different reverence to what celebrity means. So back in the day, yeah, a celebrity was a celebrity. A celebrity was a god. So somebody like Elvis, somebody like anyone you want to mention from those areas, Madonna, you're a celebrity. Jackson. Yeah, 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 you're treated a totally different way and you're respected in a totally different way. In our era, number, number one, what you see, you've seen the media pull down celebrities. So now we understand. We love seeing celebrities fall. Um, and we've seen the flip side of a celebrity. So we've seen 
celebrities like, oh no, uh, Jordan go from being the page free girl that everyone loves to being that total fuck up and we can look at them and go, how like Jay Goody as well, isn't it? Remember Jay Goody. How them till they, till they die, yeah? And so now we, we, we really understand that celebrities really ain't shit and we don't have the same reverence for a celebrity. So the idea of using celebrities to endorse, which comes from advertising, is still there. But the fact, it don't hit the same, man. It don't really hit the same because we don't look at any celebrity like that. And even if we do, for instance, I could be a big um, Little Wayne fan, a fan of his music, but the second I hear him say some shit like I don't agree with, I'm, he's not flipping me. I'm just getting rid of him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in the old days, you would have been like, wait, what? Little Wayne likes. I mean, if I, if I, I was think younger, to be of a certain mind state to to think that way, because I think mm. even back in the day, if Mr. T had said to me, like, if he if he's if he had endorsed, I don't know, whatever, t- like smoking crack, I definitely wouldn't have smoked crack. But, okay, you say <laughs> this, yeah, because that was that was my argument about to be right. If um, Mr. T, when I was younger, had said to me, "Yo, Trump is the man," I wouldn't have known any different. So yeah, I'd have yeah, been yeah. like, "All right, cool," yeah, yeah. but you're not. We're old. We're old guys, in it. So obviously, we're 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 educated and informed to a certain degree. But I can still see where somebody like Little Pimp um, may have little fans that are like 13, 14 that may be swayed because they don't know what they're being. Yeah. I mean, so I, 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 what age can you vote in America? Eighteen, isn't it? Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah. Like, do you know what though? Even when you so then, vote, then you'd have like. I mean, there are some like. Are eighteen-year-olds that impressionable? I don't know. Yeah, I guess they are, aren't they? Maybe it's hard to say, man. I, I feel like yeah. I feel no, like at eighteen. I feel like at eighteen, I knew nothing about politics. Like, no. All I knew was fuck the government. That's what I knew. Right? Yeah, yeah. I knew fuck the government, yeah, yeah. fuck the police. I didn't really but know. On the flip side of that, right? So, if a celebrity, no matter how big they are, mm. comes into the conversation, not not a celebrity endorsement, but comes into the conversation and talks about politics and has a valid, uh, a valid like kind of um, uh, opinion or conversation mm. about politics, that shouldn't be written off to the same token. I think because just because someone's a celebrity doesn't mean that they can't or because they're rich or whatever doesn't mean that they can't have an opinion about about whatever about like kind of feeding the kids or like again back to the Marcus Rashford thing like that just because they're a celebrity doesn't make their opinion on politics invalid either but see this is this this goes back to the ice cube for you so for me ice cube um is probably the first rapper i was a fan of yeah mm. like i love this guy as a rapper right so ice cube I know a lot about the way he thinks because I've heard every single verse he's ever spat in his life, right? So I have, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of stock in what he says. So when Ice Cube says, I'm doing this, I give him way more room than mm. I would anybody else 100%. because I understand his mind and what he's on. And, and even when he was doing his, um, his uh, anti-Semitic um, rant business here on Twitter, remember that? He's going yeah, crazy, yeah. right? On all that, I was like, "Get wait, okay." I thought he, I thought he got past all that, and but but if you kind of go back to his early stuff, that's on brand, like yeah, yeah, that's on brand for him. Um, so that to me, that was the only that's the only red flag. That was the bit that's the bit that switched him off Ice Cube. It wasn't the other stuff before that. To me, it was that it was that like going, "Raw, you're still on that." Okay, cool. Then I don't need to. 
mean, I can't really jam with that anymore. So yeah, even yeah. someone who I really looked up to, when I started seeing that, I was just like, nah. But then when seeing him doing the Trump stuff, I'm just like, now, I know you're never gonna, you're never gonna go against um, the interest of black people. Like, I, I feel like that's something that Ice Cube would never do. So whatever he's what, doing... What was that plan and package, though? Was it, I, from my understanding, I didn't really look too much into it. I was aware that he was talking to Trump. But is it not, is it not linked to reparations? So it might be. Um, I don't know. Should I Google it? I'll Google it now, innit? Hold on. We're about to be informed. We're going to be informed. Our, um, our researcher. Our I'm researcher saying. and correspondent. Drax the Destroyer is about to, uh, is about to Google it. No, I'm Jamie, man. <laughs> Which one are you? Jamie, innit? Off Joe Rogan, so Jamie, I'm you're, Jamie. You're the, you're the Jamie, yeah? Right, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're half Jamie, half Drax the Destroyer. Yeah? And yeah, yeah. Black in, um, yeah, uh, one quarter, <laughs> half Drax, half Jamie. And, and half. Uh, half <laughs> oh, you're deep, man. The math, the math, uh, the math. Uh, okay. So what's he say? What's my man on? One set, one set. I could be completely wrong about that. Again, getting my information from my Facebook timeline. Twitter. Oh, no, you're Facebook, man. Uh, I'm a Facebook, man. Just, man, I can't be correct, man. Facebook's, Facebook's man. It's got detailed proposals on reparations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says, while Ice Cube's CWBA is a substantial document loaded with detailed proposals on reparations and black representation in government and industry. The Platinum Plan is a leaflet packed with vague commitments and promises covering housing, criminal justice, black-owned businesses, jobs, education, religious freedom, healthcare, and more. Like so many Trump announcements, it is both wildly ambitious and remarkably sloppy. The plan lumps Antifa into, into its commitment to prosecute the KKK as a terrorist organization and seems to refer to second chance homeowners as second change sick homeowners, homecomers. Whoops. So, yeah, it's a bit weird. Okay, but then I'm like, you could iron, you could iron things out. It's the first draft, isn't it? It's the first draft. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, Ice Cube wrote rhymes for Dre, man. Come on, you must be able to write up some stuff. You know what I mean? Right. But the thing, the thing about Ice Cube yeah, is yeah. <clears throat> he's never really been off-brand. Even when he was making Disney films and stuff like that, he's never really been off-brand. Like, he's never, he's never really interrupted his core message. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and some of that, it, it, unfortunately, is, like, kind of pretty anti-Semitic. Um, but... Do you feel like... We, we've known that about him for a long time. Do you feel, yeah... It's kind of going off, off, off topic a little bit, but kind of not. So the other day, um, I was listening to listening to this different album. I listened to some Buster, then I listened to um, some West Side Gun, um, and then I listened to the Jay Electronica album. It's fucking and sick, the Jay Electronica album. That's so sick, yeah. man. It is sick. Love it. Sick. But like, I feel like on every single one of them, there's bare like. Um, uh, kind of Nation of Islam um, speeches, 5% stuff kind of pushed in. Um, do you feel like that's a, that's a trend in hip-hop? And do you feel like that's a kind of like a... I don't want to say a dangerous trend, but it just seems to be like... It's one of the things you've got to keep an eye on. What, the anti-Semitism? Yeah. 
Yeah, it depends if it if it gets like um, if they're talking more like if it's individualist based or if it's like blanket brushing people with this, you know, and and then started becoming like nationalism, like on a on on you know like Trump's level of nationalism or whatever. Or, or what's what's that guy who who um, helped Trump, Steve Bannon? level of nationalism and stuff like that and then going over into Hitler's level of nationalism. Because I really look at things like that then obviously it's bad, isn't it? Because I look at things like, I, I, I listen to that kind of stuff and I'm just like, obviously it doesn't offend me. Obviously it doesn't offend me. It's not supposed to offend me. But then I was looking at it from the flip side, like, if there was, um, say like, there was a group of, there was a, a genre of music here and this genre of music had views that may not, like, because I feel like that part of it as well, they don't really push, like, the anti-Semitism part, which does exist within... Um, actually, no, I don't want to say it like that, man. The anti-Zionist part does exist within the, the, the kind of the narrative of nation of Islam. I think, I think, right? I, I think we framed this slightly wrong, because I don't, I, like... I don't think any of that comes like, especially when it comes to the five percent like nation and stuff like that. Five percent is slightly different. It's kind of it's a bit yeah. I know what you're, but but see, but it kind of does go together in a in a in a little way. But say what you're going to say, and I'll come back. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just going to say that I think there's uh, it's inherently part of like the anti-Zionism mm. is inherently part of, and I, I, you you I mean you can make your own mind up on uh, what you what you think anti-Zionism kind of represent yeah, to the yeah, individual yeah. who's talking about it. Um, but I think it's 5%. I think that there's, like, Louis Farrakhan and stuff like that, I think that he gets tarred with the brush of anti-Semitism when he is actually anti-Zionist. Yeah, I, I get that as well. I understand yeah, yeah. that. And I've, I've seen things like that. But I just think, like, um, the 5%, like, I love, obviously, I love the majority of what, the five percent that's pushed, but I always also feel sometimes it, I don't know, man. I feel uncomfortable, not uncomfortable in myself. Like I'm cool with it, but I just feel like, from an outsider's point of view, I'm just like, well, are people will, will people be offended by that? Like, yeah, I, I question what, myself. What, what do they say this this um, that could offend people? But I, I'm I'm not. The yeah, black man is God. The black man is God. The black man is God. Um, yeah. The white people come from the, the Caucasus mountain, the caves. Um, <laughs> Who's the guy that made the the, the white man? Yaku. Oh, I don't know. Yaku. Yaku. Yeah, Yaku. Yeah, Yaku. From the from it come from the caves. See, I've been listening to that since. I mean, I might be a slightly different case, but I've been listening to that from the time. I've never been offended at that. Like I've no. never been offended <laughs> at the no. idea that no. I, I'm. I mean, I'm I one. Well, I only one guy. Who's sending me all the stuff on Facebook? This is a white dude, and he actually believes in that. He thinks he was created by Yakub. See, the only this is the matter part, yeah. The only he listened to all that stuff, and he got the only five percent that I know, yeah, like proper five percent off is a white guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's How like, could he be a white guy? He's a white guy, man. He's a white guy, and he, and he was like, I remember one time we were on like his tour bus, and he was breaking down the mathematics, man. He was just like hitting me with all his knowledge and stuff. I was just like, the. Did, did he come up to you and shout, what's today's mathematics gods? Like, pretty much. Like, pretty much, man. It was like, it was deep. He had, like, the books and everything. And he was, like, breaking it down. And um, 
it's, it's, I don't know. I can safely say that he's completely missed the point there. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but you might have like, you might, what's it called? You might have a black guy in the clan, isn't it? A black guy like, be like, Clarence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but uh, the, the, the 5%, the 5% stuff, I mean, when you've got Nation of Islam, it's more like kind of, I don't want to use the word doctrine, but it's doctrine based. So like, it's very like kind of, uh, like, organized there's there's like a, there's an organized like kind of scene going through the middle of it yeah. which can be can be seen as uh anti-semitic i've always seen it as more anti-zionist mm. um but do but, they say like racist epithets against jewish people in in those songs no 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 it never gets that they, they say oh all jews but like, see, all jews no, like but five percent no, stuff is more is more is more street based. It's more like kind of street culture based because that's exactly what it was. Like Clarence, Clarence thirteen X took uh, took the the uh, the book to the street, and that's what created five percenters. So there's like if you listen to someone like even like because Jay Electronica is a five percenter, isn't he? But yeah. like he's he's like an official official tissue like kind of five percenter. But like mm. he does talk about Louis Farrakhan, Nation of Islam, Fruit of Islam quite a lot and stuff like that. So it's like kind of a mixed message in that album. So there's 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 different influences coming from all over the place. Like, But, I mean, he talks about the Rothschilds on that album a fair amount. He's married to a Rothschild. Yeah, because he was he was dating or like he was married to one of the Rothschild yeah. like daughters. Yeah, he was, yeah. it's, it's a bit of a, I mean, I think it's just, it's, it's, culture cherry picking like yeah 100%, 100%. And, it, and it's all being pulled into this thing with fucking banging beats like that ghost of soldier slim tune i lose my head time i hear it um but yeah it's, it's a hard one to call because yes I'm, there's there's a definite like kind of backbone of that in his music but how much of it do you pull out and take offence from like because like the new Arbians as well, isn't it? Like um, kind of yeah, but Malachi, you know what? Malachi York, I remember. But this you, is different. This is different. This is different. Yeah, because... yeah, yeah. But wait, wait, no, the, the, um, the example I'm burning for is like when he said that white people only lived to sixty-five years old because they were created by lizard aliens to be food. Fair enough. And right. stuff like that. So I was like, well, you my know. man, seventy-four, mate. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I, you know. I was like, well, you know. I, nah, nah. I, this is that's a whole that's a whole different thing. I feel like hip hop, hip hop, hip hop, and the five percent nation go hand in hand. Uh, you, you, like, you can't separate them. I feel like hip hop is like I feel like the five percent is almost the foundation. We, we it use is. the word we use the word cipher like, and people don't. But so much of it, like and like yeah. uh, like so much of it is is connected. Like boy starts. Yeah, hip hop. It's not even like five percent came from hip hop. Hip hop, to a large extent, came from five percent. It was like in in the eighties, the crack epidemic, five percent, and hip hop. Like that is mm. what created what we know now. It, it definitely New York hip hop, but a hundred percent like kind of hip hop yeah. outside New York as well. Like there, there's there's no two ways about it. You cannot have the hip hop that I love anyway. You cannot yeah. have the two separated in any Rakim. way, shape, or form. Rakim Alama, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane. Uh, Buster Rhymes, yeah. um, Wu Tang Clan, just yep. everything is good. Like, even if you weren't in the five percent, you were influenced. You had you had gods on the corner 
building on the corner every time that you went outside your house. Like I'm talking, I'm from Watford. Like I don't know this. It's just the amount. <laughs> it's the amount of like kind of <laughs> books and and interviews that I've heard about this. You cannot separate the two. So. Is that is that somewhat of an issue that is such a deep scene inside hip hop that that there is a, a, a scene of anti-Semitism slash anti-Zionism, whichever way? If you, you if you're talking about anti-Zionism, then I, I I see it as you're talking about the policies of Zionism. 100%, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a problem because that's a that's a political that you're not being racist against a race. You're talking about someone's politics, their policies and stuff. A hundred percent. When that spills over into, into like, kind of, when that spills over into the, the like, kind of Jewish Americans who own property and run banks and stuff like that, when, when that becomes a topic within the music. It's such a weird dynamic, you know? Like, if they're saying it from, from a, if they're saying it's some nefarious conspiracy and they're not looking at people as individuals and they're blanketing every like tarring everyone with the same brush and blah 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 then yeah that's a problem but if they're not doing that then no it's it's, just, it's super weird yeah like so basically the, the connection between um america black america and jewish america and hip-hop is actually, is actually nuts because when you break it down and you look at like again the birth of hip-hop becoming, um, I guess, hip-hop making money and becoming... Uh, becoming a business. Corporate. Yeah. The, like, Jewish people play a massive part in that. The same yeah. with jazz, though, as well, isn't it? In jazz, mm. same thing. But hip-hop, that, that just absolutely exploded in hip-hop. Like, you've got the... You've got, uh, like, kind of Jewish uh, label owners, Jewish lawyers, Jewish... And, uh, like, uh, Leo Cohen, for example, yeah. Yeah. an Israeli who uh, made all of his money uh, and became like one of the biggest record execs in the world at Def Jam with an entirely black roster, apart yeah. from third base at the time. Like there's, there's, there's plenty, the, the, the history of the two in that, in that context is so interconnected as well. I never liked third base. No, I don't, I don't. I fucking hate MC Surge. Do you know what's funny, yeah? So, well, why do you hate him? What did he do? He's such a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> he, isn't he the guy who put Nas on, though? And, and all that he, yeah, no, he did some really tough. He's like, yeah. a, he's like a proper hip-hop head. Like, yeah. he, he, like, he put third bass on, he put OC on, he put... I mean, he didn't discover any of these people, but he's the ones that sorted out, like, their contracts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Ill Bill and like, uh, um, uh, what was it, band called? Cage and non fiction. Like, like that. Like, so he's a proper hip hop head. I, I've always rated him as an MC. He's good. He rates himself a bit too much, though. But in the last, like, kind of, I'm so pleased I'm getting a chance to talk about this because every time I, I, hear, I hear him talk, it just annoys the absolute living piss out of me. Like, <laughs> he. he for the last like 15 years, his entire thing has been that Hammer tried to kill him. <laughs> did he? What did he do to Hammer, man? What did he do to Hammer? So there was this, there was this, uh, their second album. I think they did it on the first album. There's a track on, uh, uh, maybe it was, it's Step Into the AM or something like that. I mean, they made all right music. They were just a, like Russell Simmons signed him because they wanted another Beastie Boys, basically. Um, and it, and it, Russell Simmons has said that multiple times, like it's not a secret or whatever. 
Um, he, so they said, one of the lyrics, he wasn't even searched, like I think Pete Nice said, um, uh, the Cactus, which is their first album, the cat, it's called the Cactus album, the Cactus turned your mother out. Hammer, the Cactus turned your mother out. Because Hammer's first album or second album or whatever it was, was called Turn This Mother Out. So Hammer took that as a diss towards his mother. Boy. Um, and... Hammer's not the one to mess with, you know? No, but <laughs> MC Search realised that as well. But like, MC Search is walking around nowadays saying he's got post-traumatic stress disorder Listen. because Hammer tried to have him killed. Like, so apparently there was this whole thing. They went to LA and blah, blah, blah. Like, they took, uh, like Hammer took a hit out with uh, Mike Concepcion. You know, like, the he was, like, the head guy of the, the Crips. Um, and uh, like Leo Cohen and Russell Simmons and all that kind of stuff had to promise Mike Concepcion that he could sit next to Michael Jackson at the Oscars or wherever it was See. and that uh, he they would release or help release that his all in one uh, all in the same gang release that had like Hammer and Tone Loke and all this kind of stuff it was his tune that he put together See. Uh, so like he 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 uh, like kind of uh, stopped the hit on it on MC Search in third base, but for years right. afterwards, that was the story. That every time MC Search, he's just a fucking talking head. On, but did you hear about the thing he did a little while ago where he reckons that Leo Cohen, like uh, Rakim, asked Leo Cohen to 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 ask MC Search to ghostwrite for him. Yeah, that's a lie. I saw, yeah, I no, saw no, Rakim was like, like, "Are you crazy?" Are you <laughs> Like, are you fucking mad? Like, the <laughs> MC, are you fuck? Like, even if that was true, which is not, even if it was true, shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, that's, like, that's that, that wild. Didn't happen, number one. Like, and, like, that all came out. Um, MC Search was talking about on some podcast, a news, like, hip-hop news channel picked it up. Like, Rakim was asked about it by Lord Sia, and, uh, and, it, and Rakim goes... No disrespect to MC Search, but if he says that again, I'm going to knock him out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, man? It's funny, yeah. Like, I've got a few points to make. So when I first, I was told a story about um, when I first got into hip hop, like real, it, it was Ice Cube's album, America's Most Wanted. So I, I had a cassette. It was my, it was my, my uncle's cassette. He also had a cassette of Third Base, and I played that once, but it was a load of shit, and it just <laughs> yeah. went back to Ice Cube. So like. I've never like to, I can remember being in my nan's spare room, seeing the third bass cassette, and, and like all my all my uncle had was hip hop, and, and being like, oh shit, hip hop, putting it in and being like, no, 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 not playing that. And I didn't, I didn't know nothing about them, didn't know what they looked like, who they were. I was just like, this is not for me. Back to Ice Cube. But, yeah, um, yeah. It's funny, like all these old, all these old rappers, yeah, especially someone like MC Hammer, who was a pop star at the time. Like, he was a gangster. Yeah, yeah. What about Redman? You see where Redman talks about it? No, nah, we're Redman. Yeah, don't fuck with Hammer. He was saying, don't fuck with Hammer at all. Yeah. He, he, like, MC Search is so full of shit. Going back to Ice Cube, like, I was listening to a podcast with him the other day, and uh, I think it was on the Champs as well. I think it was on the Champs podcast, because that's the one where Neil Brennan said to him, uh, I fucking hate all white <laughs> and it, like MC Serge was telling this story about Ill Bill again like foot not Ill Bill uh, Bushwick Bill like oh completely, shit completely like kind of snitching on Bushwick Bill as well don't like, do that, I don't like him as well because he was fully snitching on him about something that I'm not, not going to mention on here because I'm not so going to but like 
MC Search is going, oh, yeah, and then this happened and then that happened. And then Neil Brennan came in and goes, that's when I jumped in the middle of the cypher and broke out the best white rapper rap of all time. And so <laughs> you listen to that episode, man, it's fucking killer. But like MC Search was on there saying that Ice Cube came to New York because he loved their Derelicts of Dialect album so much that he wanted to make America's Most Wanted like Derelicts of Dialect. It's like, what are you doing, man? No, no, no. Up on that. He came there to work with a bomb squad. Yeah, so apparently he came to New York to work with Sam Sever. Sam Sever's a sick producer. He did, like, kind of their second album. Prince Paul did their first. And then Sam Sever did their second. And Sam Sever's fucking ridiculous. I don't know if you've ever heard Uptown Science. But, like, Sam Sever and another guy, I think Bosco Money was Uptown Science. Um, but, yeah... He said he, he loved the uh, the Derelicts of Dialect album so much that he came to New York to meet Sam Sever. Sam Sever never turned up. And then just all of a sudden, Ice Cube and uh, Chuck D walked in and said, oh, we're recording Hol Burn Hollywood Burn around the corner. Come and get on it. And that's how he hooked up with the Bomb Squad. Oh. MC Dutch is so full of shit, man. He's like, he writes himself into, into all this amazing hip-hop history. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the mad thing is on that America's Most Wanted album, the tunes I like best on it are the ones that are produced by Sir Jinx, isn't it? The West Coast. Sir Jinx is sick. They're, they're the ones I like best. The Bomb Squad tunes, I don't think they're as good as the Sir Jinx tunes on there. Like, you know, Once Upon a Time in the Projects and all those different ones there. That's The, the ones that are by... So, uh, Sir Jinx, I thought were way better than all the other. They suited Ice Cube better, I thought as well. I think at that time though, that Bomb Squad sound, like with, I think that was, where, what what Public Enemy album was that? That was, what's the one that takes the nation of millions? Takes the nation of millions. That, 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 was, that was before that. That was '87, wasn't it? Then the what's the one that we, Burn Hollywood Burn? Isn't that on the? Oh, um, the yeah, what's the one with Burn Hollywood Burn and and uh, Fight the Power on? Is it Fear of a Black Planet? Fear of a Black Planet. It was that bomb squad. So that was an acquired taste, man. That was that. I listen to it now. I listen to both those albums now, like um, Fear of a Black Planet and and uh, America's Most Wanted. And I have to be in the mood to listen to them because it's so noisy. They're really yeah. noisy, man. There's just so much going on. It's like you're being attacked. Yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 you know what? It's funny, man. I, I was kind of thinking about um, how hip-hop sounds change, like, and not just like instrument wise or samples wise, but just sonically, like how much music has changed and how much um, the sound changes. And it's we're in like a really weird place here. Like we've been in the, the kind of the trap era for ten years now. Yeah. And it's like, what what comes next? Like, where does the next where's the next bit go? Like, who? Well, where, where the, drill, the, the drill, the drill, the drill pattern in it. The drill pattern. I don't really because to me that's a sub. That's like when southern hip hop. It's like, and I don't mean southern hip hop as in like which is the trap sound now, I mean, like, the sound before. So, I mean, like, uh, Manny Fresh. So yeah, it's like, yeah. there's a, there was a time where stuff was popping, but that still wasn't the main sound. There's no, um, apart from um, Pop Smoke, there ain't no drill tracks in the chart, you get me? So it's still, the main stuff, if you go on Rap Caviar, the main stuff is still that trap sound. Yeah. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what, see what happens next. I'm listening to Drake, Take Care. The other day, the other night, I couldn't sleep, man. So I listened to Drake. Yeah. And I was like, wow, there's no trap sounds, there's no trap on this album. No, this was, the, this was the first, this was the last time that Drake was on this kind of, this kind of time, man, this kind of sound. But um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, because you get you get albums like big albums nowadays. Like, so much of that Buster Rhymes album is like verified boom bap hip hop. 
like so yeah. much of it. Like, yeah. but but he sounds so good over that trap stuff. Yeah, but I think he's an alien. I mean, he, can, he can do what he wants. But I think he can do what he wants. Like I was listening to the the Shabba Ranks remix earlier, like the 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 ASAP Ferg Shabba Ranks and oh, like, see, yeah, yeah. his verse on that is it's a level above. Like you say, he's an alien. Like I don't know. Like just just the just the vocal edits as well. Like not even his flow, but the edits that he's put in there afterwards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I feel like that is something new and I feel like he's not got that from but if you talk about vocal edits or, or how you process your vocals or you add to it Kendrick Lamar is the yeah. god of that shit like the yeah, stuff yeah. he's doing and you know who used to do that as well way before Sway man Sway used to yeah, do that right, well. yeah of course like I guess I don't know I don't know if, I'm, not, I'm not saying that Kendrick Lamar stole Sway's source yeah but I'm saying that Kendrick Lamar somehow has stolen Sway's source because Sway was the first one doing all that chopping bits up, adding. Bits that's forward-thinking rappers. Like yeah, that's totally yeah. forward-thinking rappers. Like that's that's rappers using technology to make their art form like kind of like to to make their art form shine a tiny little bit more. But we had this conversation before how I absolutely love Kendrick Lamar, obviously, but I prefer Cole. And not to put them off against each other, but mm. I prefer Cole purely because it's him by himself and he sounds so much less produced. 100%. Yeah, yeah. But, do you know what? I had this conversation as well the other day. I can't remember who it was with. But it was like, the reason why... Oh, actually, it was with, um, with Blizzard. If you go on this channel right now, you can check it out, the interview I did with Blizzard on uh, last Friday. And we're talking about how J. Cole, he's one of them rappers, yeah, who produces his own music and does everything himself. And when you do everything yourself, it's, it's always going to sound not as produced as yeah, when yeah. you have someone like Kendrick Lamar who has a team for each song. So you're not talking about, I've got a beat maker and I'm writing bars. You're talking about, we have a, uh, we have a string section. Yeah, yeah. We have a drum section. We have beat makers. You top have, writer, you've got yeah. Like, yeah. So you've got so much, all that. So I guess it it just sounds different, and it's funny because at the end of the day, you're going to do all that, but it's funneled through the same place. Everyone goes on Spotify, wherever you hear it, and you listen to it the same way, and you'll probably get similar plays and similar views and whatever. But at the end of the day, that check goes back to to J Cole, and all J Cole has to do is cut his manager in. And he's sorted. Like, yeah, all yeah. That money, all that money's his. So whereas Kendrick has a little bit more to to deal with, but then it's, it's like, well, what do you want? And, and it's funny. It's funny that you then say you prefer J Cole sound. See, but the thing I'm coming from, I'm coming from as a 43 year old bloke who listens to vinyl and piece shit like cassettes, and that's the that's the like and and like albums like Black Moon into the stage where you could actually hear people farting on it and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> like it, it sounded like shit. Like, the, the, enter, the, enter the 36 Chambers sounds, sonically, yeah. sounds like shit. But is, I mean, the, the RZA didn't really get, like, his, his sonic chops up until maybe, like, Liquid Swords. 
Like the... Yeah, I guess the, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, where is it done where you can hear people walking in the studio and saying hi and everything in the background and all that kind of stuff? Like oh, every hip-hop, every hip-hop <laughs> <laughs> made between, like, 91. <laughs> the, whole of, the whole of the whole of 36 Chambers, all those, um, all those ones where it's, like, Sons of Man or something, some of the early cuts where he's, like... Yeah, yeah. They won't be too bothered. But that, that's what I mean. Like, I like underproduced music. I'm not, yeah. like, I'm not this person that appreciates. And I, I, I respect it. And I appreciate it to a certain extent, but I'm not this person that wants overproduced music. I want it to sound like it's being played on a fucking Tandy cassette player in a in a in a in a drain. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I want to feel that 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 filth in the music. Well, that kind I, of low vibe. vibe. Like, I love lo-fi stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love all that shit as well, man. See, I really I really appreciate overproduced music. Yeah. And I try my best to make it, but I'm a shit producer, so it all sounds fucking shit. That's why Terry does my stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, that's why, yeah. that's why I'm still into you. When you get that bag and you get that producer team in, I'm out, like I'm done. Uh, do you funny, think, that, like, you know, you know that the auto-tune thing, yeah? Mm. Do you think that's got a shelf life or do you think that's becoming an art form unto itself? I don't think that's even a question anymore. I think it's just part of music. Yeah, and like the guitar is as a yeah. shelf life. I don't. Yeah. I just think it's a part. It's a valid part of music now. And what? Um. And what about the? Okay, let's. What about Afro swing and all that? Do you think that's going to cross over to America and, and stuff like that? It has already. Like, Burner um, Boy has got to have the number one album. Like, that's it. And that, do you know what? Like, if we're talking all genres, this year. The Burner Boy album might be my favourite album. I haven't heard the Whiskey album, but the Burner Boy album might be my favourite album. I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about on most of the songs. But, like, sonically and just the way it sounds, the way it feels, to me, was like, that's my shit, man. Um, do you think that'll be the next thing from Trap, then? You think it, could, it, could, it could be. Like, it it, well it could, could be. be. Yeah, man. I think, um, like, even saying about Autotune, I, I think, like, everything, everything evolves in it. And I think... Yeah. Um, you're you're kind of even now, yeah. Like I'm an auto tune addict. I love auto tune. I love the sound of it. I love everything about it. But even now, on certain songs, I'm turning it down a little bit. And yeah, I'm noticing a lot of people are doing it more subtle now, isn't it? Yeah, and that's something I never thought I would do. But it's just getting to the point where I'm like, it doesn't. It, actually, do you know what? Like I just said before about um, hi hats. It's like hi hats. It's, it's just another instrument. It's like drums. Boom, boom, boom. Sometimes you don't need it. Sometimes you're like, oh, you know what? I actually don't need an 808 bass on this song. Sometimes, sometimes you don't actually need it. And it's yeah, like yeah. kind of um, getting to the point where you become, um, as a producer, you become a mature producer where you're like, you know what? Yes, I can dunk every time, but I don't have to dunk every time. I can do a layup or I might do, you know what I mean? And that's when you start seeing. The, the, being an achieved producer is about understanding subtleties and like mm-hmm. kind of a somewhat negative space as well. Like knowing yeah. that, you, know, you don't have to chuck absolutely everything into every single track every time you make it. Yep. Like, and understand it, and especially being like a someone who's a vocalist and a producer as well, understanding that space that you need to leave for yourself for you to yep. best be able to. I, get, I can't remember. Oh, I was listening to a to a um, to an interview with Diamond D the other day. Again, taking it back to Boom Bap, but I was listening to a um, like legendary hip hop producer Diamond D from D, uh, DITC and. Digging in the crates, man. And like one of the things that that he said was producers, no matter if they're the best rapper in the world or not, if they're a rapper producer, every single time, whenever there's someone else on the track, they're gonna ride that track 
not necessarily like from a lyricist's point of view, but they're going to flow on that track if, they're, if they've got the ability to do it better than their guest because they understand that beat and they've made that beat for them to flow over the top of. You say that, but I got killed by Manga. Oh, I can't even say that because no one's even heard the Manga verse, man. Manga killed me on my track, man. <laughs> like, yeah, but Manga's ridiculous. <laughs> he's just, this guy, man, he's something different. It's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting to hear yeah, yeah. what he does to tunes. Well, I like Pete Rock, yeah, whenever he used to, he always used to put, have the sample, yeah, on the hook and on the intro, yeah, and then when the rapper's on there, he puts the filter on the sample, so yeah. it kind of is more in the background, so then yeah, yeah, yeah. focused on the rapper, isn't it? Classic then, filter bass lines, man, that's where they're, that's like, they're still, they're still, like, uh, they're still, it's not a Pete Rock tune, it's a, it's a um, Q-tip one, but the, the first Crooklyn Dodgers, like, people still don't know what that filter bass line is, like Q-Tip took that, filtered it down. What is it? The SP twelve hundreds had the filters on that, like kind of that that allowed producers to just take a baseline or take whatever, put the filters on, and that's where that ninety sound came from. And that's what I mean about that warm, dirty sound. Like that's what you get with like these filtered basslines and these like yeah. kind of dirty drums sitting over the top of it. It's cold, man. It's cold. I think you know. I love. I love hearing like. Um, I thought you got frozen then. I was like, wait, did they freeze? No, still there. Um, I love hearing like artists doing, or producers doing things they don't normally do. So like when you hear like Primo or Alchemist or someone like DJ Mustard make a beat and you're like, wait, you did that? Like, it's a, it's a, that's a beautiful thing, man. And yeah, I think that shows. Mustard is, I, I fucking love Mustard, man. I, I love Mustard as well because it's a pure vibe thing with Mustard. Yeah. Like the, the, like, again, I was listening to an interview with him and he's like not a trained musician or anything like that. And he just, he literally just got into making beats and his first few beats were just absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like, um, who, who, was, who was it? The, it was YG, wasn't it? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that he came up with. And he was just making beats for YG and like on a piece of shit PC, like didn't really have any training whatsoever and just turned out absolute bangers. And like creating an entire new sound in, in, in hip hop. Yeah, man. Tim and them, like, I, I, I like that. I think as well, that kind of tells you this, what, what sounds going to come, what sounds going to come next or the predominant sound. And I think that's the thing at the moment. We don't really have like a producer who's really leading the pack. So we kind of had, we had the, 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 the Primo era, um, Large Professor, Pete Rock. We had that era. Then we had like Dr. Dre come through with kind of changing mm. the, the sound. Um, Kanye plays Neptunes, like yeah, massive. Yeah. So people like Missy Elliott Timberland, Jesus, come on. Like, yeah. have, really, you heard that, have you heard that album by um, uh, Above the Law, though, that Dr. Dre's men have copied? Nah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember that. It, Even, like, bro, it's mad, isn't it? Like, if you listen yeah. to like, a lot of the samples on The Chronic, the first one, They've used them on their album. What was his name? It was 187 Killem or something like that, wasn't it? Cold, cold 187, isn't it? Cold 187, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, a, he's been really vocal about that, saying that he basically invented G-Funk and then... And then yeah, like, I, I, I was thinking, nah, it can't be, it can't be. And then I went and listened to it. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Well, yeah, man. Listen, man. <laughs> yeah. Good artists still. No, where is it? Where is it? Good artists borrowing great artists still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Dre's a great artist. <laughs> yeah, Dre, Dre's <laughs> like the best artist in the world. <laughs> in the bit, you know, on, on um, 
even a bit on um, that Snoop does when he's like, I'm not lagging, but I'm just learning. Da, 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 da. Even that bit that Snoop does, yeah, on this on this tune. Above the Lord done it on their tune. Yeah, yeah. Or on literally the same beat. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, wow. Like, crazy, yeah. innit? Oh, man. That was, that was actually crazy. Bro, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? <laughs> man, my man must be pissed. <laughs> Mad, isn't it? They probably thought, in it, like, oh, there's no, there's no um, internet. Yeah, like, yeah, no one's gonna know. But like, who would, like, unless you're from the area, how are you gonna know if someone stole stole your music? True. I mean, the way the way um, Dre did it though, his sound on the Chronic is way more cleaner. It's more stripped down. Yeah. So it just sounds more like what we were just talking about mm. the, for the rappers and that. Whereas above the law one, it had all these a lot of elements in there that kind of like. Super busy. Yeah, so it's a bit too, maybe a bit more busy. But like 187, he he done some loads of good beats for other rappers on Ruthless and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, he's a sick producer as well. And like, um, I was reading another thing that was saying about Easy E at the time, he didn't want to use Dre to do beats because of his uh, court cases and that, like with D Barnes, how you know beat up D Barnes and whatnot, and. That's why he started war using Cold 187 and then flipping um, Rhythm D and certain other people like that. So that's that's another reason why Dre was feeling to just bounce in it and, and should could persuade him easier. So a bit of a mad one, man. I don't know why I don't know why I did someone started in my boots. Yeah, it'll be probably chasing down. And... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know, there was, there was a whole, like, kind of... I can't re- really remember what the discussion was, but I'm sure I saw it on Vlad TV. Yeah. Well, this is another thing that we did that we should have talked about earlier, the whole Vlad TV thing at the moment. What's that? I've seen that his name pop up on... Oh, he on sued the... someone, didn't he? He sued someone, didn't he? Successfully. No, nah, no, nah, he's being, like, like Lord Jamar has turned against him, like, everybody's turning against him because he misquoted Louis Farrakhan. Oh, oh did, what, <laughs> did he say that? So, what was the misquote? So he, he, I can't. Do you know what? I'm getting into this. And I can't actually remember what the quote yeah. was, but he basically misquoted Lewis Farrakhan to make him sound anti-Semitic, and oh. then refused to to apologise for it. Um, and then, like, it was my son, uh, my son that was talking to him about it. Yeah. And, and, and my son was going, "Look, I, it, I respect a man who stands by his morals." Um, but then, oh fuck, I can't remember. Like, it's a pointless conversation because I can't remember what it was. But basically, all the basically it came out that, like, the the he had misquoted him and he refused to apologise for that. Um, oh fuck, I can't. Do you know what? I can't remember. <laughs> Do you know what? I can't remember. But basically, I find that annoying anyway, man. I find it, <laughs> yeah, either he way, he never knows what he's talking about. He, he always like gets everything wrong. Like all the stuff he talks about, it, all the he just tries to bait people up all the time. Yeah, 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 and all he ever asks people about is their criminal past. Yeah, you see when Giggs was on there. Yeah, and yeah. same with Wiley as well. And yeah. everyone, like all he goes, like even the people in the comments is, can see through how bait it is. Like they're yeah. like, Vlad gets a new rapper, and first thing he asks is, "Oh, have you ever been shot or stabbed, or da 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 da, or have you ever been in jail?" It's just like, it's like, come on, man! Like, yeah, he was trying to ask. He was trying to ask Giggs about like his his time in prison and his history with guns and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, Giggs just turned around and goes, "Are we not going to talk about my music? Yeah, I don't yeah, want to talk yeah, about yeah. all that." Yeah, like, good on him, man. That's yeah, good. good on him. That's good. 
So this is a this is from uh, Warren Muhammad, and he says, while greatly benefiting from black and hip hop culture, um, Vlad is on code with the enemies of the black community. Vlad deliberately lied on Minister Farrakhan, claiming that uh, claiming that he is advocating violence. We demand a public apology. Um, yeah, and then Vlad was like, no, I'm not saying nothing. So then everyone's like, this is what I'm saying as well. I feel like now in, in the hip hop community, everyone is aligned with, people know where, they, where their allegiances stand and no one's going against Farrakhan. No, no, no one's going against Farrakhan. In history, Farrakhan's done a lot of good things in the, in for for you know when rappers are beefing and that. Hundred percent. Made him have sit downs and squashed yeah. it and all this kind of stuff. Like even when Ice Cube was beefing with his cousin Cam in it, mm. uh, Farrakhan. I, I I think Cam says that Farrakhan got him to have a sit down and talk about it and squash it and all that kind of stuff. So he has he does a lot of good things as well. And Vlad does a lot of bad things. So yeah, exactly. Vlad does a lot of bad things. Like, I, I mean, you you can probably find some history of Farrakhan doing or saying in recent times something you don't agree with. But on the whole, what Farrakhan is interested in is the is the upliftment and the and the protection of black people in America. Yeah. I think that's the point, isn't it? I think like yeah. this is this is like the, the era that we're in at the moment. I think that's the bit that has to be we need to always be focused on is like what's the what's the intention of the person talking? Like what are they here to do? Yeah. And yeah. that kind of takes us full circle, yeah. Cause I feel like with Trump, his intentions were never good. No. I never I never felt like even the people that he says he's on their side, I always feel like it's not on this side either. Like, no, no, you're about saying about we're going to get all these jobs back that have gone to China and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, he's never How? been... Like, How? How? You can't do that. Where are you getting these jobs back from China? What was, the, what was the industry? I can't remember. It was like the steel industry or the coal industry or whatever it was that yeah. he was saying that he was going to bring all the jobs back and stuff like that. When they know that the legislation in America has, has banned that industry because it's so bad for the environment or whatever, but it's, or it just wasn't profitable anymore. Again, I can't, my fucking old man brain has let me down, but basically he lied to an entire like industry of people and said that, that he was going to re like kind of reinvigorate the industry all the time, knowing that he couldn't. Oh. And that's how we got his, that's how he got his votes. And so someone like Trump, he's in it for, he's in it for himself, his celebrity, his bank account, his, his like the, his own grandiose vision of himself. Well, I don't think Farrakhan is. Like, I don't, not that I can even compare Farrakhan and and, yeah, and, yeah. and and Trump, to be honest. But if we're looking at someone like Farrakhan, I genuinely believe that his only intention of absolutely everything he does is the upliftment of his own people. And that's why it can be seen yeah. as black nationalism. That's why it can because be seen the, as... The thing, like, I remember there's, there was... Because you know he plays the violin, isn't it, Farrakhan, yeah? Mm. And he was playing a... Um, he was a musician before he became like... Yeah, before he was a singer and a musician, wasn't he? He, he was playing a uh, uh, concert and he... Uh, I think it's a concerto by Felix Mendelssohn. And Mendelssohn was Jewish. Mm. So if he hates Jews that much, then why would he be picking out that? No, nah, but you can't say that. Because I've seen Trump sit with black people. I've seen Trump do bear stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
that's the thing, man. And that's another thing as well. Like, that's true. We 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 have to like always have to look past the what's what's in the front, like what's yeah, the, yeah. the screen that's being put yeah, up. Yeah, because if you were like, cynical, you'd be saying, "Oh, Farrakhan's only playing that piece to try and show that he's not anti-Semitic." Yeah, it? and I think it's like now nah, we we got to look at things in the big picture. I feel like yeah, we've we we need to get to a, a place here yeah, where we really start looking at great areas. What we need, we need to stop everything being binary, like this person's good. This person's bad. This is this. This is bad. It's like we need to get to a point where it's like, no, no. You know what? Let's start listening to people. Let's start talking to people. Let's like start looking at. um, I I hate to get religious. I'm not religious, but they they say was it you? You will know them by their fruit. Like what? What what are you doing? What are they producing? Like what what happens? So we look at um, somebody like Trump, and what happened? Riots happened. Shit got fucked up because right, that's the fruit that came, man. Like that's mm-hmm. what if you keep, you know what I mean? You reap what you sow. But and and again, this whole thing, like again, like Obama is not is not Jesus. Like he did some fucked up things as well. Mm. But again, it's like you need to have that space. Where do we get that space where we can say, oh, do you know what? Trump is an absolute knob jockey, but that thing he did was alright. Obama was, you know what I mean? He was the man, but that thing he did was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And start having honest conversations about things that happen. I think it's coming. And I think I it's coming. So, if, 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 if you watch TV and everything, yeah, a lot of TV programs, like if you're saying that what's on TV and in our media that we our entertainment is our like zeitgeist and everything, you've mm. got more and more characters that are morally like in the grey. Like they'll do yeah, some yeah. good things and they'll do some bad things, innit? So, yeah. Maybe like it is coming where it will be like that. Yeah, morality though as well. At the same time, like morality differs between between groups and between people, between individuals and between groups. Like, so what what is moral to like pro-choice? If we're talking about abortion, for example, which is a big moral issue, what's moral to someone who's pro-choice and what's moral to someone who's pro-life? That morality changes between between people and groups. So like. I, th- I think that there's always going to be sticking points, no matter what you do. You just have to you, you have to examine what the what the the bigger intention is, what the what the macro is, rather than the micro. And if we're yeah. if, if we're always going to like kind of focus on what this person did, like I, I don't know, like it's very easy to pull like kind of I don't know Bill Cosby or someone like that out of out of the the deck of cards and say like what he has done in the last like kind of uh, like 20 years before like he got convicted. I mean, I don't doubt that he probably raped someone. I don't know. Like I just go and buy like what, what yeah, I know. Like, has he actually uh, been done? He's, he's in sure, prison. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's in prison. He probably lived the rest of his days in prison. Yeah, but at the same time, like the, what he was trying to do before that was build like a, a kind of, uh, a, a network, a TV network for uh, to empower black people, to empower black artists and stuff like that. So I don't think anybody on this planet is wholly good or wholly bad, wholly moral or wholly immoral. Like there's everybody's got their everybody's got their views on. I mean, I know that my, certain views of mine are very disagreeable to people that I really get along with, that I really, that I do actually like genuinely love, like the people that I really like. Mm. But I know that some of the things that I believe in are not 
the things that they believe in and the things they're, they're wholly morally against. I'm not going to get into what they are, but it's mostly me being a bit like kind of militant on certain things and uh, beliefs in my life. But that doesn't mean that I can't share some kind of middle ground with them. Mm. And I think that we write people off and especially like kind of politicians, but do I mean, most politicians are corrupt as fuck anyway. Like, but <clears throat> it's what I was saying the other week about why do people have to be likable to be effective? Like, like people don't have to be likable. Like certain things about them don't have to be likable for them to be effective. Now, yeah. I don't think that, that, that Trump is particularly effective in any kind of big way. Um, but I'm sure there's people out there that do, that think he's very effective. If Trump had been effective and I didn't like him, I would be less vocal about how much I hate him. Because mm. he's a fucking prick. <laughs> but if, if he had actually been, if say if that, if that platinum, platinum card or whatever he was talking about earlier, like had actually come into effect and there had been some kind of real reparations for black people in America, I'd be like, yeah, ticking the, ticking the positive yeah. box for him. Yeah, like, yeah. even though, even if he had, even if he'd still been convicted as a rapist, which is a very real like, kind of possibility that at some point in the future, now that he's out of the White House, that that could happen. What do you think about all the people saying about Joe Biden being a pedo and all that? They just say, well, what's the proof of that? I don't know, but what's the proof of that? Because he's I not I've seen some video on Facebook and he's just like hugging kids and stuff at White House dinners or whatever and giving them a kiss on the cheeks. Or kiss Does that make him a pedo then? I don't know. This is what I'm saying. Because, like, you know, in some cultures, People will do that, don't they? Some people, that's that's their culture. They will, they will give people kisses on the cheek or they'll hug little kids or whatever the fuck. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't that's know. What I'll say, yeah. that's, this is what I'll say. Again, yeah, it's like this whole thing of like, never been, a, everything's binary. Nothing's like... Yeah, yeah. The, where's the, there's there's no, never any context and stuff. Me yeah. personally, I watched that, that Joe Biden video, video and I was like, nah, he's a fucking creep in it. That's right, cool. You can be, you can be a fucking creep, yeah. But yeah. As as, the, as any people come and done allegations against him. Nah, but the fact is, it's not. You might think someone's creepy, but that's not abuse. But at the same time, there's 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 levels between things, isn't it? And that's the thing. We yeah. never go. We just go from. I might say he's creepy, but someone might go straight and no, he's a fucking pedo. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, there's there's levels in between that, isn't it? and I might think that. I don't think he has to be a. I don't think he has to be a pedo for me not to like him. I could just not like him because he's creepy. That's yeah, yeah. enough for me. I'm like, I don't. I don't need to go all, the, all that far. You might have to go that far. I don't have to call him a pedo. I just think nah. that shit you did is mad creepy. Yeah. Creepy Joe. I don't like it. So what I mean, like with Trump though, he's got actual case cases pending. Yes, he's like twenty five women. Like, yeah, um, yeah. But that have come up and, and is that all to do with the Epstein thing as well or is it separate no I think it's separate man I think it's been happening for a long time before yeah. that yeah I mean he paid off he like while he's in office it's, it's a known fact that he paid off what's her name that porn star yeah he paid off that porn star Stormy yeah. Daniels Stormy yeah, Daniels yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay okay yeah like yeah man it's like that, to me to me like that's how I, I look at things as well so I'm just like I don't, even with that yet, I don't look at somebody and go, oh, because of that, that's why I cut you off. Like, if you want to fuck a porn star, you fuck a porn star, that's on you, isn't it? Cool. Mm. But you fucking a porn star doesn't make your policies no. any less valid. No, no. Oh, yeah. So that again, 
when are we going to have that conversation? When does that come up? In the there's meeting? levels to that as well. I think there's levels to that, right? So <clears throat> say you've got someone who's violent against women. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I would... I think my, my, my value of them, even if they did something really amazing, would reduce 100%. Then yeah. we cut them out. I'm, and I'm all for that. Like, I, yeah. love, I love the statues getting taken down. I love the statues getting taken down. I feel like... Yeah, yeah, it's fucking amazing. If, if you do something like that, um, if you are violent towards women, rape, abuse, that kind of stuff, your um, contribution, whether it stands or whatever, your name should be rubbed out. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't even know. We can be looking at... I don't know what you invented. You invented something amazing. And we're like, wow, that's amazing. Who invented that? I don't even know. Because they're yep. gone. You're wiped out of it. <laughs> we don't know who you are. And I love that. I love, I love you. It, it should be in the back of your mind all the time. If I do something fucked up, they're going to erase me from history. Yeah, I yeah. never existed. I like that. It's like, why do we even... Why, why, what's the point of all these fucking statues anyway? Like, why did these people do these things thinking, oh, I want to do this so I can get a statue? They didn't, did they? They just Probably did it. Not. Well, I think, like, what's his name in, in Bristol? Like, he, he, uh, what's his name? Colson. Colson, yeah. Colson was a great, like, kind of, uh, yeah, great guy and, like, kind of put a lot of money into built the city and stuff like that. But, yeah, there's that, right? He did, he did that, right? Mm. But where did he get the money to be able to do that? Yeah. From slavery. Yeah. Where millions and, like, of, of, I mean, he wasn't personally responsible for millions, but like millions of people suffered, died, displaced, and are, are still affected to this day. And he was responsible for a, for a large amount of that. So no, he shouldn't. His, his statue should be taken down. He should be fucking. He should be erased from history. Wait, imagine this. Year. Also, the, you know the ones in America. No, wait, 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 AC, wait, yeah. wait, wait. I've got something. I've got something. Imagine this year, in fifty years' time, right? Jay-Z's dead, but he's yeah. got a statue up in Brooklyn, yeah? And they're like, Jay-Z came through, he, he came back, he invested in Brooklyn, uh, the Barclays Center, made amazing music, boom, boom, boom. And then someone's like, yeah, but he's just so crap. He ruined the community, and they pulled the statue down. Is that, yeah. could, that, could, that, could that be a thing? Again, I think there's levels. I think selling crack... And yeah, true. I'm not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> selling crack. Selling crack. I've been a slave trader. <laughs> <laughs> but again, is it to some people? And that's the thing. That's the that's, lives. That's, the lives. That's, that's the that's the idea of morality. Is mm. the is the selling crack to somebody is just as bad as being a fucking slave trader. Yeah. To so that yeah. life. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like in the, the American statues, yeah, that they wanted to take down. All these people are like, oh, they're part of our heritage and blah, 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 blah. But when you looked at the actual history of those statues, they were only put up to as an answer by like white supremacists against the civil rights movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're made of they're made of like cheap, cheap materials. They just put them up in a rush. They were basically just insults to civil rights people, isn't it? So they weren't, they weren't really there for celebrating heritage or anything. But the thing is that these are celebrating history, and we're going to forget our history if these statues are taken down and all that kind of shit. The people that you forcibly imported into the country, they have no history. 
They had no history. Their history started once they hit your fucking shores. So where's their history? You can learn about history in a book. You don't need a fucking statue rubbing it in everybody's faces every day. That that this guy was this guy was a murderer. This guy was a was a slave owner. This guy was whatever. You don't need like I had this big conversation with someone like about uh, on Facebook when I was celebrating the the statue being taken down. And again, these are the more militant parts of my my personality that people don't like about me. Um, fuck them, I don't care. Like it's. He was saying, oh, yeah, but you're erasing, they're erasing the history of the country. And it's like, nope. that's what books are for. Yeah, like, get a curriculum at school that teaches this history, then you don't need a celebratory fucking statue. It's like, it's like in Iraq when they pulled down Saddam Hussein's statues, isn't it? Yeah. And it's People might say, oh, we need to leave up this murderous statue because we... No. You don't. Well, like, and he was saying, I was saying, well, put in a, like, make an exhibition about it in a museum. He's like, well, kids don't go to museums. It's like, I went to a museum literally once a month when I was a kid because that's yeah. the only place that the school would ever fucking take us. Yeah. What museums are for? They're for kids. Books are for kids. Mm. Education is for kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's fucking what do you think, what do you think that the, the, the future's going to be, like, especially the political future? for America because obviously um, the house is still uh, Republican dominated so they still they still control the Senate uh, Congress whatever so is anything actually going to change I don't think anything's ever going to change like uh, it it can't possibly change it goes back to our conversation earlier about local government I think that what's the uh, I feel really bad I can never remember a name What's the, uh, the... AOC. Yeah, what's her, what's her name? Alexandra Cortez. Yeah, she, she's, I say, I never remember her name because I'm shit with names and I've got a shit brain. But, like, I think she is the future of local politics in America. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that's come out of the last few years of, like, kind of grassroots movements as, uh, uh, on that side of things. When it comes to, like, the the the... the the government of America, nothing ever changes. It doesn't ever change and it never has the chance to. I think uh, it's just going to be business as usual, but with makes, a lot What more. makes me laugh is when all these people are like, oh, the socialists are going to take over now. And, da, da, da. and like, the thing is, like, the Democrats, you wouldn't really, like, they, you wouldn't really call them socialists. They don't no, even like... They're not. They're nothing close to socialists. healthcare, like, you know, if it, like, over here, if, if they came over here, those people, and they see that we've got like NHS and da 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 and arts and the conservatives over here aren't gonna like remove the NHS or whatever they do wouldn't then and they always you know even like you got Boris Johnson saying oh everyone clap for the NHS and everything they they'd be like right Boris Johnson is socialist isn't it that's how <laughs> mad they are over there. so it's crazy the mad thing is that's not even socialism really nah. like like they they they're so scared of socialism like it's what, what was it McCarthyism in America in the yeah. was it fifties the the scared the absolute living fuck out of everybody about about socialism and about like kind of grassing on your neighbour and all this. No, the mad thing though, they actually found out they had two thousand KGB agents actually in there at the time. So he was right about the infiltration, but he yeah, was yeah, in the wrong places, and he just started persecuting all the wrong people. And it's good, like down to the fact that you've got normal everyday Americans that are scared of, of like a, a kind of a, a social health system, like yeah. a national health system. Like they, they, they actually, to, to what America is, is people who are 
slightly less poor than poor people hating poor people because the poor people can't afford healthcare. And they think I'm working really hard every day and I pay for my healthcare. They can go fuck themselves or get a job or whatever. And that's what American is. That's what the American dream is. Lots of poor people fighting over who's, who's the least poor. I, I had an argument with one um, American person like that on YouTube. It was, a, it was a video about tea party people going mad about healthcare. And, and I was like, I don't get why like, the NHS has saved my life at least twice or whatever. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but if you had it private healthcare, you'd have had a better job done. I'm like, no, bro, my life was safe. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I paid taxes, so I'm cool with it, innit? Like, a, a bit of money going to taxes. And you wouldn't I don't have to worry it. about all that shit. So that again? And Booper, Booper isn't that great, man. <laughs> like, you wouldn't have a better job done. You could have done quicker, but you wouldn't have a better job done. Nah. And that, that's the thing, like, Booper hospitals and national health hospitals, and like, when, when my mum was having a stem cell transplant, she was in the same ward as the private yep. people. They, right. like, and that's the thing, that's where this all becomes a little bit of a joke because if, you, if you're, you're actually in trouble like, and you're, you're on your deathbed, the NHS are no better than Booper like, because the NHS will bring you in and like, sort you out. Booper will bring you in and sort you out as well. They, they, that's where the, yeah, the, the, the waiting list yeah. kind of goes out the window anyway. I mean, when I had my, when I had my, uh, I had to have like my ankle reconstructed, like the ligaments in my ankle reconstructed, like, because I'm not a pimp, I do actually walk like this, like I do actually walk with a limp sometimes. Yeah, not a limp. Limp oh. or anything. Like, um, I had to wait because I was 19 years old. No, 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 I was 23 years old. I had to wait for like fucking 18 months to get it done. But when I got in there, I was in the same ward as all the private people. They just yeah. got it done quicker, but it's exactly the same treatment. Yeah, I think that this is the thing we have to understand the systems aren't broken we're, the, no. we're broken man it's like our yeah, understanding yeah. of how the system should work or how or our understanding of how we should treat each other um, there's a, a quote um, that I used on a song and it says it's a, a Gary V quote and he was just like if you're worried about they're not being enough for you, they're not being enough, and you're trying to hoard everything, then that's the wrong energy you're putting out there, like you've mm. already lost. And I feel like, regardless of where we are in the Western world, we have the attitude of, I need it all for myself. And if, if I can't get it all, and if you have it, then there's less for me. Yeah, yeah. And that is what our attitude and the way we act is what's killing, killing the game. It's not even the system. like. It's just us, man, being fucking idiots. And that's so inbred into us. You just have to see, like, the, the, the fucking the toilet roll crisis at the lockdown. <laughs> like, pe people, people fighting with each other over toilet rolls when they didn't even need toilet rolls. Fuck it wasn't even a shitting disease. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what's funny? Do you know why that happened? Because people right. are fucking idiots. People are fucking idiots, right? So this is me break it down to you. So when um when the virus first started hitting the countries, it was hitting the countries that were around China, yeah. So one of the countries it hit uh, first was Japan. So um, there was a rumor that had gone around saying that because the Chinese factories were closed, certain um well I guess certain products that they imported from China wouldn't be available, and someone had mentioned toilet roll. The maddest part of that is Japan doesn't import toilet roll from China. <laughs> so they've gone crazy buying up loads of toilet roll and that had made the news. 
So then people start seeing them doing that in in Japan and think, oh, we should do that too. Not even and then people not even knowing why they were doing it. Like and to me, that's when I say like we're we're the broken ones. We're the we, yeah, we yeah. are the actual virus because there's there's so much danger that can happen when you don't have the right the correct information and you act on impulse or you act on what you see other people doing. And Did I ever tell you about the time I got attacked by a toilet in Japan? <laughs> no. I was, I was about to say, this episode has been so fucking serious, yeah. There's been no fucking jokes. But that was the same time. That was the same night that I took a swing at Chris Martin from Coldplay and I tried to chug Matt off the top of the hotel roof. Uh, hotel roof. <laughs> Jesus. Why did you take a swing at Chris from Coldplay? Because he's a cunt. No, because he. Because uh, <laughs> they got back in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so fucking hammered. Me and, me and Rob, we were over there on tour. Me and. Uh, Rob Signman were uh, like kind of getting absolutely shit faced at this Sony party. I can't remember if Sony or BMG or something like party at this Saki house in Japan. So I was like, I was fucking, I was just about to like dry heave then. Like we we're knocking back this, this fucking, <laughs> this, this Saki. So I, I went, like and I, and I, there was loads of people there. Um, loads of like industry people or whatever. So I ran to the toilet. It was sick. All I absolutely murked out this toilet, like, and it was the, like this big electronic thing. And he went, "Hello, blah 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 blah," like big smiley face on it. I was like, "Flush, you fucking cunt," like that. And I pressed this button, and I've never felt it. I've been punched in the face so many times, man. Like, and this felt like I was being punched in the face by Mr. T and Arnold Schwarzenegger at the same time. This is this is a spray that's supposed to go up your ass as well, like to clean your ass out. <laughs> so this thing, I went, I pressed the button and I went, what's that moving? And this thing went like that, this little <laughs> it just went like that and hit me right in the fucking mush. So like I was I was all dazed like, and I, I was shit faced, dazed, covered in puke and toilet water. I walked <laughs> there into nice, the restaurant. Man. And then Chris Martin, I hadn't seen him I, until that point, looked at me and went, oh, like that. So I went, fuck Chris Martin, like that. <laughs> went to smack him. And Mr. Matamora, who was, who was uh, like, a uh, boy pure out of Watford at this point as well. Like, uh, this is like how many years I was into my career. Mr. Matamora did like some Matrix thing and stopped my arm like that. Mr. Matamora was like our, uh, the guy who ran our label. So he's like, oh no, bad news, bad news. And like kind of ushered me out of the... So I was fucked at this point. Listen, man, you, you can't fucking... You can't <laughs> I got back to the, like, me and Matt were sharing a room in this... In this uh, so me and Matt went back to the hotel and I'd lost the key, but I wasn't accepting it at that point. Like, I was like, did you leave the key in the room? And he was like, no, no, no. And I was taking my shirt off because it was covered in sick and, like, sick, <laughs> sick and, like, water. So I took my shirt off. I was like, you lost the fucking key to the room. You left it in there, didn't you, you little cunt? Like that. And I, <laughs> he was like, no, I didn't, Terry, I swear. So, like, I had my shirt off and I was ushering him up to the roof to chuck him off the roof. Luckily enough, it was only a two-story building. But, like, I was dragging him. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, I was dragging him like, up to the roof like that, and I was I was like kicking through the, and I remember I like I remember it all in my head, but it's like it wasn't me, Saki man. It's my fucking it's my kryptonite, hot Saki. Like and I, like 
Mr. Matt Moore came to my rescue again, like trying to wrestle me to the floor. I have Matt on it. Where you fucking little cunts? Like that. And like trying to chuck. Yeah, anyway, it was messy. It was messy. You find Matt don't like you anymore. Yeah, it's why we never work together again. Chuck him off the roof. I swear Matt's like the most mild man and nice person I've ever met as well and tell you trying to throw him off a fucking roof in Japan. <laughs> Can't believe vomit. Don't go and call with B-Raw next time, man. That would be a mad one. No, 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 no. No, not if I tell me in D-Raw, no, you can't do that, man. <laughs> no, no, that, that entire tour, man, that was that was the when we went into the the what we thought was a strip bar, but didn't turn into oh man, yeah, that was that is. Like, I ended up, I ended up like kind of coupling up with this girl, and like thinking, yes, I'm on tonight, boys. This is happening like that, and then going to the toilet, coming back out again, and this isn't homophobic in any way, shape, or form. I just don't get down like that. Like, and she turned to me and went, "Are we going back to your hotel?" Like that, with this humongous, great big chin, like Jimmy Hill, Adam's apple. Yeah, yeah. And, and stubble that I caught in the light it came across and I was like no I don't, I don't think we will to be honest <laughs> like that. Hey, hey, that that everything ensued after that like it was, oh, right. it was literally called like we called it the dishonathon I chased a policeman on a bike down the road putting like like the, and, and then like four policemen just came out of nowhere with fucking batons like I chased a policeman down the road trying to put you are here stickers on his back Oh, um, he was on a bike. He was getting, he was he was going about three miles an hour like that. He was the slowest fucking like police chase, and I was chasing the policeman. Oh, shit, man. Listen, well, I, listen, I remember listen. like I remember one time. Yeah, it was in Brixton, and Brixton Academy, and the cops started chasing me. And I remember like that film Top Gun, in it. The cops were on bikes. Yeah. So the cops were behind me, yeah, and I remember like in Top Gun, he goes hit the hit the brakes, the fly ran by. Yeah, so I, I just stopped. <laughs> I just stopped it. And the police just went, whoo, my fuck. <laughs> I just ran in the other direction, didn't it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to stop you up there for two reasons. Number one, we're about to cut this, about to end this. But the second reason is, yeah. like, these tour stories, you're kind of, you're stepping on, on a, another show we're about to start as well in the future, which is called Tour Stories. Oh, okay. we're, going to be, we're going to be talking to both of you. The, 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 the original show idea actually started because of Terry. So yeah. Terry's got the, the most nuts tour stories ever. Um, and I feel like the people need to hear them, man. And I know AC's got bare. I was thinking about mine. I was like, I don't have any. All mine involved, Bro, involved Terry time... and you. What about the time when we were in Leeds, man? Don't you remember that? And the girls started kicking everyone. And you got stuck in the house. You got stuck in the house, and then Terry's banging on the door. I'm in a fucking door. Let my brother out. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't remember that, man. I'll be chilling, man. I'll be chilling. Man, this goes on. I'm not involved, man. I'm not involved. I'm just there. Got my cider. I'm good, man. Actually, I thought he wasn't drinking back then. Well, that's the water. thing. When I used to go and talk with him, he used to stand behind me. I kicked off at a load of Irish lads at Malaga Airport one time because yeah. one of them jumped in front of me. And he turned around and he went, you fucking like this wonderful fucking water. Like that. And, and then he saw Jen and he went, <laughs> yeah, I, I seem to have that effect on a lot of people. They yeah, don't, yeah, man. They don't really want to get um, a spiritual bodyguard. They don't want to get. Nah, you're lucky. I wish I had that effect on people. <sighs> the the, people do this all the time, though. I've always had double sold Air Force Ones, AC. Then you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But people always. That's the thing. Like 
Terry, obviously, Terry can handle himself and Ansel as well. Ansel can handle himself. But, like, people always look like I'm the one who's going to be, like, the rowdy one. I'm just be asking, chilling, man. Like, I'm not none of that. It's always you. It's always the DJs, man. The DJ's got the... With dickheads. Don't, don't care. Yeah, man. Just on, 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 a, on a mad one. I'm just like... I'll be on, on the mic shouting and screaming, but once I, after that, I'm just like, nah, I'm cool, man. <laughs> what you, what you, what you got planned for the week, man? Boy, uh, more recording. Just started recording some tunes today. And then I've got, like, um, more more uni stuff, man. So it's like back in the uni, man. Yeah, nah. Lockdown ain't really, lockdown ain't really affecting any of us, is it, really? Nah. Not work-wise, isn't it? Not really. Nah. Education, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, more, more boiler stuff. Uh, <laughs> That's a, that's about it. Like, yeah. I, yeah, mad lessons all week. On my little live stream on Wednesday night. Tune in on Wednesday night for some classic hip hop from my from my mix cloud. Uh, I did a little experiment last week. Did it from home on one turntable. I was just beat juggling on one turntable. It was shit, so I, I took it down. But <laughs> I got to get. A bit I was like, I was like sick. No, it was shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, no. There was moments of genius where I was beat juggling with one turntable and like finger drumming with the other one. Uh, and I was like, I was completely in his own. And then I forgot where I was and it completely messed up. But I think it's more of a personal thing more than anything else. But yeah, I'll be doing that again. I'll be using two turntables this Wednesday. All good, man. All good. Well, I'm going to be still trying to sell this house. Um, hopefully I can get the hell out of here. Um, so that's, that's going to be a... What, have you sold your place yet? Nah, man, trying to sell it right now, man. Have you put it up in any other place, though? Nah, they won't let us. So the way most of, it, most of the places work, unless your house is already being sold, um, you can't put an offering on anywhere else. Yeah, this chain stuff is mad, mad, man. Like the, 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 it's what fucks up most. Hopefully, fingers crossed, like, knock on wood, it won't do anything to yours, but... All this chain stuff, man. It's like this never-ending <clears throat> train of fucking anxiety. Yeah. When I sold that, when I sold that last place, like they, the I can't, the mortgage people for the people that were buying our place were worried because the oh no, because I did I, I didn't get mortgage for my place, so like and there was no chain because yeah. I was selling yeah. it off and I had the money there or whatever. Yeah. Um, they were worried because. I think my people were worried on the place that I was buying because there was a pub in the chain and the place that was buying my place. Right, okay. like, what, what's, what's the issue? Why does this affect me? Why are you, why are you phoning me about this? Mm. Uh, it's because like pub sales, uh, like selling pubs and houses that are connected is really dodgy and sometimes they don't get mortgages for the next place or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How is any of this my problem? Just like, just... Just sign the papers and I'll give you some money. Shut the fuck up. Like, it's the chain nuts. thing is such a nightmare. It's, it's jokes as well, though, because, like, I know this is probably boring everybody else, but when, um, so the, one of the houses we looked at, they were like, oh, no, nah, our offer's been put in. But then their offer got rejected, and it was like, the offer got rejected because they needed another, like, 15 grand or something. Like, it was like a really small amount of money. And you're just like, what? Like, the, the, the way that the, the banks work, and, like, they're so... They're so scared right now, I guess, because obviously like, yeah, yeah. we're about to hit in the recession. Um, and I feel like they've just been overcautious. And 
they've right. definitely been overcautious about about uh, mortgages at the moment. They're knocking everybody back. Like I was talking to someone the other day, and they had to come up with like a like either a forty or fifty percent deposit to even like consider the yeah. So that's another thing as well. So ten percent mortgages are done for most done. cases. So it's yeah, like, yeah, that's that's a bit of a bit of a mad one as well. But like I never, I don't know, man. I've never thought of like to, to me a ten percent mortgage has never been a thing to to really worry about. I've never unless you live, unless you live in London. Then, then you're looking at yeah, ten percent is a lot of money to come up. Mm-hmm. But I'm out in Watford, isn't it? So like, you're you're always going to be looking at a twenty thirty percent anyway. So. I was looking in places in Watford the other day. Like I was just like out of interest. I was looking on Rightmove, a place in Watford the other day. It's not far off London prices now, man. It's not far. It's like I, I guess if, if we're talking about um, like Harrow, which is the closest London borough to us. You know what I mean, we're kind of like for a family home, we're about a hundred grand, a hundred grand less. Um, than horror at the moment but yeah it's, it's not it's not far off and it's and again to me these aren't pri- these aren't prices that I feel like when you're talking about affordable housing yeah, me, yeah. these aren't affordable houses like I don't really think no no not at all I mean person, you're talking about Hemel Hempstead that's affordable housing because they're actually they're actually paying you to, to fucking buy yeah, yeah, please buy the house <laughs> but even that like I don't, I don't know man to me I just feel like anything anything over anything over 400 grand to me I'm like that's a lot of money, man. It's a and, lot of money. But then, but then, in in property, it's just not a lot of money. No. It's like, the fuck, what the fuck are we doing it? Talking about like, numbers, and it's like, I'm not a millionaire, so how are we talking about these, these crazy numbers, man? How are you talking about 650 for, like, a, a, a fucking a, a two-bedroom house? Yeah. What are you Nothing. talking about? Yeah. Like, like, mad, man. That's, that's, that's it, man. The house I was looking at the other day, I was like, this house is six, that's 750. I'm like... That's that's a crazy number. That doesn't it's sound it's yeah, yeah. crazy. It's a crazy number. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's completely unreal. It's like completely intangible. It is, man. It is. But at the same time, I got followed on Instagram by Idris Elba the other day, yeah? So listen, I'm thinking he probably wants to sign me to Seven Wallace Records. They're probably going to sign me, give me a, a bonus of what? 1.5 mil, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Like, probably something like, and that's not that's not that's not the um the deal. That's not even the deal. That's a signing bonus. One point five mil, I reckon. In my mind, this is what I think it's gonna be. So I should be alright, man. I reckon. Idris, if you see this, I, I've read into what that follow meant. Yeah, I feel like I've read it correctly. So yeah, just give me a shout. Let's sign the paperwork. You just need to bring the universe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah, so it's in the universe. Don't so, like... you can say the secret, AC. Who likes the secrets? Are you AC? That's your book. No, I've never read it. <laughs> I thought it was yours. <laughs> you, you're a couple of cunts. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's Terry, isn't it? <laughs> Terry, uh, Terry's it's there. Definitely it's definitely one hundred percent not my book. When I first met Terry, I just thought the secret. Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a new... Well, there's a new the AC, I thought, fisticuffs. <laughs> 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 right, on that note, man, we out of here, man. Guys, we will catch you next week. Um, yeah, man, peace and love. Stay blessed. If you're in lockdown, try and stay sane. Do something that keeps you sane. Do something that keeps you happy. It's not it's just wanking. Do something other than wanking. Do something... What else is there, bro? I don't know. Well, I'm saying that, I have no idea. If you find out what else there is to do, let us know, man. But on that note, peace and love, guys. We're out of here, bro. Say, in a bit, in a bit, in a bit. Yeah.